And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. I am a real American, fight for the rights of every man. I am a real American, fight for what's right, fight for your life. And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. February 5th, 1988 will go down in World Wrestling Federation history as a day of infamy. Never before has there been such controversy to surround a World Wrestling Federation championship match. Despite having viewed time and again videotapes of the Hogan-Andre match, the decision of the referee is, as always, unfortunately final. Therefore, Hulk Hogan is not the World Wrestling Federation champion, However, it clearly states in the rule book that in order for a wrestler to be deemed a champion, he must either pin the reigning title holder or make him submit. That is the only way a wrestler can become champion. Therefore, unequivocally, I can state that Ted DiBiase is also not the World Wrestling Federation champion. Furthermore, it also clearly states in the rule book that a reigning champion may at any time in his tenure end his reign by publicly surrendering the title, which is exactly what happened when Andre the Giant presented the championship belt to Ted DiBiase. Therefore, Andre is also not the champion either. It is my decision that to be fair to the last two reigning champions of record, Hogan and Andre, and to furthermore be fair with the number one contenders who would have faced either Andre or Hogan as champion, I now declare the title vacant. And this vacancy to be filled on March 27th of this year during WrestleMania 4 in the form of the first ever World Wrestling Federation Championship Tournament. In this championship tournament, the last two title holders of record, Hogan and Andre, will justifiably be given a bye for the first round of competition. They will not compete in the first round, but will face each other in the opening of the second round of the tournament. The pairings have been completed for the first round of the competition, and they include Jake the Snake Roberts meeting Ravishing Rick Rude, Don the Rock Morocco taking on Dino Bravo. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat will wrestle Greg the Hammer Valentine. Randy Macho Man Savage goes against the natural Butch Reed. Bam Bam Bigelow against the One Man Gang. And Hacksaw Jim Duggan will take on the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. It is my sincere wish that all of the participating wrestlers in this historic tournament, and more importantly, all of the fans of the World Wrestling Federation, construe my decision as the only just and fair way to determine who will be the new undisputed World Wrestling Federation champion. Thank you.
Welcome, everyone, to Get Back to the Wrestling. Finally, there is a podcast on the internet that talks about professional wrestling. I am your co-host this evening, Mr. Luke Giaconetti. I am joined by my two broadcast colleagues here in the booth, left to right across your radio dial. First, the hair metal hero, Chris Tyler. I'd just like to say hello to Jesse Jaden Tyrell back home in Minnesota. <laughs> and also joining me in the booth is uh, the man who they, they've yet to make an anesthetic that can take him down for the count. My brother, Double J, Jay Jackanetti. He butted my man. He butted him. So I know they butted each other. They butted each other. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, and if you can't tell from those rousing legendary quotes from the professional wrestling world. It is WrestleMania season. You might have heard there's one or two big pro wrestling cards, or as the kids call it, pro graps uh, cards going on right about now. And uh, we thought, what better way than to uh, do like every other every other wrestling-related promotion and just hone in on that action and just ride that wave and ride that walrus. And uh, so this is, we are, it is 2018 as we are recording this. It is, believe it or not, the 30th anniversary of WrestleMania 4, which took place back on March 27th, 1988, all those years ago. So we're going to be talking about WrestleMania 4 here on its 30th anniversary. And uh, real quick, before we get started, I just want to say something. Um, so we're going to get started on this podcast and uh, we're going to be talking about a, 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 a historical event. So just under, this is an event that happened in history. There are no politics involved here and none of us will bring anything to bear here politically, unless you're talking about the politics of Vince McMahon being afraid of a heel champion or how Ted DiBiase could buy the championship. So if this is not why you are here tonight, thank you for the download. We'll see you next time. For everybody else, we're here to talk wrestling, plain and simple. We believe and have faith in the loyal Get Back to the Wrestling podcast fans that you will do the right thing with this podcast. Just wanted to say that so that now anything else is fair game. If you don't, if you don't have a problem with the wrestling talk, that's one thing. We're not here to talk politics. I mean, I mean, unless you really want to talk about why McMahon can't handle a heel champion. No, okay. Why? Yeah. Backstage he, politics yeah. is something yeah, altogether right, different. Right. Well, that's just fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, I just want to throw that out there. So, um, as you guys heard in the opening of the show, um, obviously that was the, the uh, late Jack Tunney with his three and a half minutes of about, you know, Jack Tunney was amazing at taking 30 seconds of material and turning it into like seven minutes. He was like, well, you know, he wasn't on TV that much, so no, he was he like, I've got to drag yeah. this out yeah. as much as I can. So, um, and as he described, you know, the events that happened, obviously, um, in February, and then, like, that was the, the uh, what Andre, you know, didn't pin Hogan, but didn't really pin Hogan, then tried to give the belt. It's, and he describes everything, because you could have missed all of that, and Jack Tunney was really good at slowly telling you everything that happened during that time and you're, you're saying to yourself man god it was slow but that's what he talked so one of the things that we had talked about before we even get into this whole thing was and and we're we'll talk about this more as we go through when you see the video of the the audio clip you see tunny shows the brackets for wrestlemania 4 and wrestlemania 4 is well known obviously for the tournament and the brackets are not correct the day of 
right? Which I think is the greatest part of this because Luke and and Chris and I were talking about this, you know, off air. Those brackets change the scope of the tournament. Oh yeah, all the guys <laughs> are the same. It's a much different show. It's a yeah. much different tournament. And I've in, and well, I mean, you know, I mean, I know we're going to talk all about the show, but I'm saying is the the difference being is Hulk and Andre always had the buy. You had Snake and Rude facing the winner of Morocco and Bravo. So Bravo, I mean, so Morocco gets a buy if you go by the same results, right? Then you had Steamboat and Valentine facing the winner of Randy Savage and Butch Reed. So were they trying to set up Steamboat Savage 2 there? Because WrestleMania worked so well the year before. And then you had Bam Bam and the gang beating the winner of Duggan and DiBiase. And we know that these are all the right matches, just in the wrong order. So was one man gang going to face DiBiase? I mean, it screams of Bam Bam Bigelow facing DiBiase and then Savage versus Steamboat, right? Yeah, well, and they, the, 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 well, the, the two, the two theories I've heard, I think both of them kind of hold some water <clears throat> is that they're in, they're in New Jersey. <clears throat> so Bam Bam, Bam Bam gets, we talked about, he'll get a, he gets an outsized response. In Jersey, obviously, right, right? Yeah, you know the Asbury Park native, mm-hmm. uh, and and so you, I could see a scenario where Bam Bam goes over as the local boy in advance. Sure, but I could all the other one, which is one I kind of lean on, and I think may have been the way to go, is the gang wins and then DiBiase pays him off, mm-hmm. and then the gang takes his money and walks out, and DiBiase wins by countout. Right. So yeah, but you, you see, just just changing around that little bit. It the whole the whole um what the original intent of this show supposedly was all comes out to light, yeah. and just by flipping around two matches in the brackets, it's amazing right. how that how that all plays out. Well, then at some point, then obviously Rude and and Jake the Snake has to have a winner. You know, you can't go to a can't go to because Don Morocco's got to face somebody unless you're going to have Dino Bravo win the match, and have Jake and Rude not have anybody and have Hogan beat Andre so so that yeah. Hogan could face Bravo like. The thing is, once once Vince McMahon realized that he can have a champion who's not named Hulk Hogan, um, you know, which was hard because that's pretty much what he had. Like, it was Hogan and Hogan and Hogan and Hogan fought everybody and whatever. And then they put the belt on Savage and make Savage a face because the crowd pop was huge for him. You know, the Saturday Night's main event when Liz went and got Hogan and the, 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 the guitar shot heard around the world and all that stuff like that. It's like, it's just funny when you think about changing around some slight things. One of the thing, one of the things when I was looking at this, which always struck me as weird, if you had had Steamboat and Valentine on the top where Rude and Jake the Snake were, and you had had Savage at the bottom, could they have worked it so Savage and Steamboat met for the title at the end? You know, trying to recapture Ooh. WrestleMania three. Ricky yeah. Steamboat. Now, Ricky Steamboat, for those of you who are NWA fans, know that he was NWA champion. Him and Ric Flair put on about a billion amazing matches. Oh, yeah. The ones I'm, I'm thinking like Chi-Town Rumble and stuff like that on pay-per-view were great. Ricky Steamboat never held the world title with Vince because he was never there long enough or left too soon. If he had stuck around at the end of the, like, 90, I want to say 90, 91, when he went back and had all those great matches with Flair, that's when things started falling apart for WB, the WBF at the time and Bret Hart started coming into the – Steamboat might have been there as the, one of the guys who would become the champion. And we've talked about this before, right, Luke? We talked about McMahon was considering Tito Santana as a champion. Yeah. 
And, and as much as I like Tito Santana or Chico Santana, as Vince, as Jesse, <laughs> Jesse calls him Chico every time. And I love yeah. that Gorilla doesn't correct him. Vince McMahon No, because I think at time. that point he's just done correcting him. I no, mean, he's... but I'm saying, but Vince corrects him every time. Right? Yeah. Whenever, Vince is like, it's Tito! It's Tito! And it's like, this is why people are like, God, Vince, shut up. And that's why everyone loves, you know, Jesse and, and Gorilla together. Right. Well, you know, there, just just real quick on that, there is a line right at the beginning oh God, of this yes. <laughs> where they, you know, Gorilla comes in and he introduces himself and Jesse and Jesse says, "I'm just so glad I'm not working with Vince McMahon." It's like <laughs> yeah. it's like it's an absolute shoot right out of the gate from yeah. Jesse Venture. <laughs> so I, I I know we've we've in the past talked about like having uh you know like one of the ideas you know and I think um, Robert brought up in one of his emails you know best commentary teams and whatever. The, yeah. You know, Ventura and and Monsoon together because they never worked together except for WrestleMania because Heenan had to work. He was managing. So it couldn't be Gorilla and Heenan, which was great. It is always great. And it yeah. couldn't be Vince and Jesse because and Vince is always very busy. Right. So when you got them together, they were so rarely together, but they worked so well together. And especially because Gorilla Monsoon didn't take one. He didn't take anything for Jesse Ventura. Ventura knew he, he couldn't just do his usual stick. He had to, like, be on his toes and make whatever. And the back and forth with them, like, oh, he's cheating, Jesse. I didn't say he didn't cheat. I just said he hit it from the referee well. Like, oh, I didn't say that. <laughs> like, the back and forth. You're like, wow, this is really good. And, what, and yeah. you know what, what's great about those two? Hmm. Both of them were heels yeah. when they were wrestlers. Yeah. And, but, but, you know, um, Gorilla as a heel is before my time. I remember yeah. Gorilla as an announcer right. and a oh. beloved babyface announcer. You know, from that, that was my introduction to Gorilla Monsoon. But when they start talking, like when uh, early on, when the gang is out there, they say, well, what was your what was the highest weight you ever wrestled at, Gorilla? It's like 450 pounds. And they, they, 440. 440. 440, you know. 440, what did <laughs> you mean? But the, anything I wanted. Anything I wanted. But the, but the two of them, because, it, you know, it, 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 um, it here we're, we're so we're hip deep in the kayfabe era. Yes. In in, uh, in 1988, and so the idea that you've got two former, uh, you know, uh, heels out here that are now working as broadcast journalists, it adds that level of of realism yeah. that you know they're retired and now they're they're applying it you know uh, behind the booth just like you expect a nowadays you know somebody like Tony Romo to retire from football and then transition right into being a broadcaster that brings that you know that uh, ex- experiential knowledge. Right, having right, been right. in the ring for as long as they were. And Jesse and Gorilla both do that. They'll, you know, Gorilla always, I don't care how big you are, rake to the eyes will stop you every time, you know, that kind of thing. So they, they work so well together, like you say, because you can see the respect that they have for mm-hmm. each other because they were both wrestlers and they were both heels. And Jesse obviously respects Gorilla a lot more than he does Vince, even in character. Mm-hmm. But he's still going to rib him and give yeah. him a hard time. And Gorilla just, Gorilla don't care. You know, Gorilla's yeah. used to Heenan. So it's like, well, you <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. There's nothing Jesse's going to say that Heenan hasn't said a thousand different ways and worse. You know, kind of thing. Because Jesse, and you, know you, what's, know. you know what's great about Gorilla now? Like, if you watch, if you get a chance to watch the uh, True Giants documentary that WWE put out, it's on DVD and it's on the network. When they show the vintage footage of Gorilla, he sounds exactly the same. Yeah. So he's this big giant monster heel. He's like, "Hey, you know what?" He sounds exactly the same yeah. as he does when he's commentating. So. Yeah. <laughs> but 
With yeah. those glasses, how do you see anything? Yeah. With monsoon. those Coke bottle glasses, how do you, <laughs> how do you tell that, Monsoon? <laughs> like, it's just so funny. And then, the, but he doesn't put him over. That's the problem. He doesn't put over Jesse's stuff. Vince is always like, whoa, stop, stop, Jesse, stop. Like, you keep putting him over. He, he, he's not going to put it. It's Shivani eventually learned to stop putting Jesse over either. Because when, when Jesse went to WCW, he, so he got Shivani every time. And Shivani yeah. just kept getting so mad. And that's why, like, he would see, like, what's on your nose, Shivani? Like, stop touching my face! It's like, God, Tony, how about you grow up, buddy? You know, he's, he's going to push and push and push. God. It's just fun. But I think, I, but I, I think and you appreciate the level of professionalism they have, especially when you listen to, and, I, and I'm not trying to bash on, like, just nowadays stuff, but Michael Cole's not very good. Uh, I mean, thank God Corey Graves is there because, and then on the other show, whatever, like on SmackDown, you got the, you know, the other guys, they're just horrible. They're just bad and they're not good at what they're doing. I mean, Corey Graves at least has an idea because he's a heel and he calls and he, like, he'll talk about the realism of behind things. But when you watch old stuff, I've been watching some USWA because, uh, Amazon has it all on there and I'm listening to this and I'm like, Oh my God, this is so bad. It's so bad. Like, how did I ever watch this? Like, I don't much. I mean, and then, and then, then when they're showing stuff on world class, and it's like uh, um, Terrence Garvin and um, whatever that, Dave, not Dave Brown. I forget the other guy was. They're just atrocious. I'm like, how did I watch world class wrestling? These guys are bad. <laughs> I mean, the wrestling's fine, but it's like, yeah, wow, that, well, that's, that's why you because wanted? you know, yeah, you know that that that's long been a bone of contention with my wife and I is that she cannot stand. Co- uh, commentators on American wrestling. She's okay. like the little the little men won't shut up. That's what she always says. Why does the little guy have to keep talking? That's like because they're telling the story. She's yeah. like I don't care about that. He needs to be quiet. That and two counts are her. She that's oh, why she God, won't she watch wrestling hates with two him. counts. It's like you're not. Why is she? Why is he pinning him? He didn't hit the big move. He's not going to end the match. Like it's psychology. Come on. <laughs> I'm like, he's got to wear him down by making him kick out. He's like, but they know that's not the ending. I'm like, of course they know it's not the ending. She, she needs to watch more Pirouessa. That's what she No, needs. but she won't watch Pirouessa because she says, well, the guys aren't as good a shape. I said, you know what? You know, I can't help you. I can't do it. Right. Yeah. I want so, that's to, why we, we watch, so we watch Mae Young. We watch the Mae Young classic, yeah. you know. There's a lot of two counts in that, too, but anyway. I know there's a lot of two counts, but at least it's chicks wailing on each other, yeah. you know, so it's a little bit different. And, and, um, and Shayna Baszler did not try to break... Evie's arm there. That was oh, that. Jesus. That was so Jeez gross. Was, I watched Jeez that when she did that. Rice. I was like, I okay. I am pretty jaded by way of a wrestling fan. Like, there's it takes a lot for me to jump up. Um, when she did that, I actually physically jumped up out of the bed and screamed no. Like <laughs> Kelly goes, "What did she just do?" I said, "I think she just broke her arm. Like, I think she broke her arm on purpose." Like, I jumped up and screamed no. It's like when Sid broke his foot. Oh no, oh, right? no. I jumped up. It's like, no! Like, it's just like, you're trying oh. to stop it from happening. But Sid yeah, actually... Can't did, do anything. Right? Yeah, but Sid actually did break his arm. Shayna oh, Baszler did not actually... Uh, his, his leg. Shayna did not actually break Evie's arm. Anyway. No. So. Oh, my God. We, had, we just had a whole conversation off air about that this week about, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I, I have a hard time watching oh. Flip Gordon, not oh. because I'm some wrestling elitist, but he flips and lands on his feet, yes. and I'm so afraid he's going to break his ankle. Dude. Like, every time I'm on... I'm like just my my teeth are on edge constantly. But Finn, Finn I, I saw him live. Same thing. Like oh. when, when he jumps. I'm like he's gonna break his ankles. Like <laughs> when when Ring of Honor did their Queen City Excellence show, which was the one that they streamed free mm-hmm. um, uh, a couple of months ago. Yeah. Oh God, I saw. I mean, that's the first time I saw Flip Gordon live. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, no. Oh, I can't. I can't look. Oh, 
It's oh, it's weirding me out. I can't yeah. do it. It hurts. But, it uh, hurts my my yeah. ankles and knees hurt watching them do these things. Right? It's bad enough when you got guys like the old ECW. They hit each other with you know bottles and whatever. All right, I know that hurts, but it didn't like okay. I was not a fan of the barbed wire, but okay. But like when they do these things, you're like, oh god, don't land like that, you know, kind of thing, you know. And you're like, well, oh. you know what that that always makes me think of is our good friend. And uh, former New Wave Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Champion Bob Hanson. Mm-hmm. Um, when he was working out in California, he said to me once, he goes, "Look, none of these guys want to take bumps. They want to roll through all um, the bumps like Lucha Libre." Yeah. Right. Yep. And uh, and he said, "But he goes, I'm one of the biggest guys here, so I'll take bumps." He goes, "You know, I can bump." He said, "But these guys, they want to get thrown and roll through like a right. Lucha thing." Right. Yeah. So to me, that's like the next step of it. They don't want to take a bump that'll land on their feet, so they can keep running to the next spot. You know, I'm just, I'm just so worried about. I mean, I mean, I'm, really, I'm serious. Yeah. If that's a shoot, I'm so worried about Flip Gordon breaking his ankle and just and and at a, at a live ROH show. I I just I can't yeah. look at it. it well, it's very upset. Neville tore up his leg because his sneaker caught in the mat, and he yeah. went up tearing himself up. And I'm like, but he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything crazy, anything weird. But his foot just got caught because they because they don't have the wrestling boots don't have enough grip to do all the stuff they need to be able to do with it. And it's like right. Right, there's a reason why you don't need that much grip. So. Yeah, that's why they wear the sneakers with the kick pads and stuff. Oh now, so. God, it just you know, I mean, but it's fake though. It's all fake, right? All and, fake. And they all know they, how to fall. Don't know how to fall. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> there, there, there's there's a there's a spot like that on this on this card actually that they they know how to fall and it's it's then it, it's a legit shot. But yeah. uh, uh, so we got. Um, do we want to get into this? Yeah. Do oh, do we want oh, yeah. do we want to do the. Uh, Oh, do I need to check the mailbag? Do you want to check oh, the mailbag? Check that sack. Let yeah. me check the sack. The sack is, is it bulging? It is, in fact, bulging. Oh, God. Oh. Bulging sack. At least the bulge. Dude. The bulge. And our email comes from our loyal listener and devoted uh, emailer, Robert Ludwig, and is entitled Wrestling Video Game. So, obviously, Robert is writing it about the best never-to-be-world champion episode again. So, uh, <laughs> Robert writes, Howdy, fellas. Just want and Robert should be happy that the three of us are on in the booth here. Um, howdy, fellas! Just wanted to write in about the wrestling video games. I only played a few in my home systems. I had to Google the games to know which I had played. They made a real impression on you, I see. <laughs> no, I. To be fair, I, I forget it, 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 it is in debt. It is absolute, you know, pandemic to me. I'll be forgetting crap from my childhood, and then Jay will say something, and I'm like, wow, why does that sound familiar? He's like, you were there, you idiot. I'm like, oh, I guess I was. Yeah. <laughs> Considering I'm the ones who had the the five or six full blown concussions, I remember a lot. I just don't remember I, a lot. I, about I had, I, <laughs> I, you know, I, I often said that if I ever wrote an autobiography, it was going to be called "Kicked in the Head" after yeah. that uh, varsity basketball incident. But uh, <laughs> the first, Robert continues. The first was for the NES Pro Wrestling and a little inside baseball. We had Pro Wrestling on the list, and it got cut for time. I think did it um, with time. Starman and stuff. No, no, uh, no, didn't, didn't Chris? No, no, I think it? I that was one of mine. That was one of mine. Oh, it was. Yeah, we just we just kind of yeah. That's right. You did mention pro. It, it didn't get nearly as much time as like Fire Pro, or you, uh, know. you know Mega Match Muscle. Yeah, or whatever. It's a fist with periods. <laughs> I love that. By yeah. the way, uh, I know Robert writes. I know that I did not own it, but either borrowed it from the local video store, let my when my parents let me because they had a free rental, or borrowed it from friends who had it. It was. So much easier to borrow from a friend because they would usually borrow something back and we did not have to return the cartridge so quickly. I was playing this as a 12, 13-year-old. I know that I had so much fun playing it and always hated to give it back but knew we could not afford 
to buy all the games I wanted. That's the absolute truth. Yeah. The problem we had is we we had a we I only we only knew one other kid who had a master system. Yep. And that was my friend Gerard. Yep. So there's only so many games you could trade, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, Robert continues. The next game I played was Ding 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 WWF Royal Rumble. Woo-hoo. The only reason I remember this is due to Lex Luger, the narcissist. <laughs> the I narcissist. don't know why. Narcissus. <laughs> I haven't seen this much love in a room since Narcissus <laughs> found himself. Oh. The only. I don't know why he stands out in my memory. That's because he's Lex friggin' Luger. That's why he stands out. <laughs> he's got a metal plate in his arm. He comes out with the mirrors. He was in the WBF. It was. Oh, man. And the shirts um, are too tight, Billy. That's why. <laughs> Can he afford to pay me to wrestle Rod? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> uh, oh boy. The, Sorry. I don't know why he stands out in my memory, but for some reason, that was the only reason I could remember which game to look up. Again, I would borrow this game from a friend. This was interesting because I was away at college and my friend would loan me this game for weeks at a time. In fact, at one point, he said he didn't want it back, so I got to keep it. Yeah, there man. You go. Nice. There you go. <laughs> That's a friend. <laughs> rock, rock on. I kept it and would keep playing it until I traded my Sega Genesis for the next system, the Sega Dreamcast. Uh, totally skipping the Saturn like everyone else in North like America. everyone Except else. Us. The Saturn was Except us, yes. Yeah. <laughs> What's funny is I'm reading articles about the Saturn and they're talking about the 32X, and me and my buddy Adam, who's another vintage video game fan, were like, man, we got to get 32Xs now. And I'm like, no, no we don't. don't. Yeah. No, no, you we don't. don't. I'm like, but I owned I it first run. It sucked. Uh, I've got I've got the little the little devil and angel you know like Daffy Duck and or Sylvester, yeah yeah. <laughs> and Angel's like you don't need a, a 32x Luke and the devil's like fuck that guy. Yes, you take <laughs> a CD while you're at it. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I say, Robert I love my Sega CD. Uh, we never had the Sega CD. We just had our our first gen Genesis, which is still chugging along to this day up in my bonus room. Can't yeah. Rocking and rolling. You can't. You could take. You could hit that thing with a bomb, and it would it would keep yeah. working. They were designed to last back then. You're well, you know what's money. crazy? Also, it's the master system is also hooked up. Yeah. But you know the master system controllers are so old that the contacts are basically dead on them. Yeah. Well, so I've got uh, one Genesis controller hooked to the Genesis and one Genesis controller hooked to the master system, and I've got the arcade stick upstairs and I, that I use on the Genesis too. So uh, uh, at some point, I guess we'll have to do a Sega podcast. Um, uh, Robert continued. We get Robert on for a Sega podcast. Jesus, look at this. On the Dreamcast, the first game I got was ECW Hardcore Revolution. I live in the Midwest, so I had not heard of ECW until 1998-99, as I had fallen out of watching anything WWF and was mainly watching WCW at the time, NWO for life. That's right. Anyway... (laughs) I got interested and then found out about ECW being on TNN, so I started. Oh, so you got like, yeah, I mean, ECW on TNN was was at least some ECW, even if it wasn't as good as hardcore TV. Yeah, it, was, it was at least ECW. You know? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't uh, wasn't real ECW. It was, it was, uh, yeah, yeah, it still I mean, was. It was, it was. It was the transition. Was, ECW. It, you know what? I will say this. I will say this. As derided as ECW on TNN was, it did give us Cyrus for the network as a network representative. Thumbs high, Joey. I was interested in that it was so different than what was with the other companies on TV and was hooked. And that's a great point. Even ECW and TNN was a totally different product than Raw and Nitro were. Absolutely. So uh, Robert continues. At first, my favorite was Just Incredible, one of my all-time favorites. I don't remember why. 
He was the first player I played as when I got the game. There you go. However, at some point, Lance Storm caught my attention, and we know Robert likes uh, Lance Storm. Granted, it was not hard to get my attention by being part of the Impact players. Soon I had switched players and was playing pretty much everything as Lance Storm. Eventually I would win all the championships as Lance and then would play as others. I remember playing this games for hours at a time, married, but before any child, as I was a bit of a night owl and my wife wasn't. Eventually, with the Dreamcast dying, as they are wont to do, I went on to the Xbox. Since getting an Xbox, you know, as an aside, I've never played a minute of any game on any Xbox ever. Oh, I, I, I'm missing out. Well, you know, I, I mean, I, ha- I, I either I, I. Well, I played on a play on a PS One. In fact, Jay, I, ha- I have your old PS One in the house. You do. Yeah. I have the PS Two, and I played on a PS Three, but I've never played on any generation Xbox. I've never known anyone. Huh. Like I know people who've had them, but not guys like I'm going to go to your house and play video games. You know? I've never so. played an Xbox either. I'm just realizing that. Like it's, even it's, even the setups in the store, I always play the the PS3 version or the PS4 version when like while I was waiting in like when Kelly wanted to get like a game at GameStop or something. I would always play on the PS3 or PS4 because that was the controller I knew. Huh. And I, and I don't have any friends, so I don't have anyone's house to go to. <laughs> well, you, don't have any friends. You, just need a, you just need a gamer tag, right? That's yeah. all you need to play games with people. That's now. the only thing that's making me consider possibly going Sony, just because I know, like, Andrew Leyland and Dr. Bill and all you guys, you all have all have them there, Sony products. And I it's don't. my sex box, and her name is Sony. <laughs> <laughs> I know a genuine Sony when I see one. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, it's like Buffalo Bill playing video games. Oh. A great big fat dream cast. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't you hurt my fucking dog. <laughs> Puts oh. the Xbox in the basket. Since getting an Xbox, I had not played a wrestling game until last year. We have an Xbox One, and it was a free download of WWE 2K16, so we got it. I would love to say that I have mastered the game, but with what little I have played, I can't even win yet. Granted... I have not spent much time trying to play, but maybe a little more this year. My, my kids have played that one with one of their neighborhood friends. I don't know if it's 2K5. The newer, or the newer WWE games are hard, man. Yeah, it's, hard. It's, it's, it's like, I don't know. It's, 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 it's more simulation than anything else. Yeah, and it's not, and, and every time I've tried to, like, you know, mess around with it on a setup or something, or even watch videos, it's, I don't know, I, I just can't get into the flow of it. It's too, it, it's, it, I don't know, I guess it's too polygonal, if that makes sense. They look great, but yeah. they're, they're damn hard to play. Yeah. The entrances and everything are really cool. Yeah, actually, I just saw a great interview with uh, with uh, my boy Cody Rhodes talking about that. You know, he's a he's a big video gamer, and he said it was funny that when Stardust first appeared in whatever WWE game he first appeared in, they only apparently watched his first entrance as Stardust because he said all the stuff he does in the entrance he never did again. <laughs> but that, <laughs> Does entrance in every game Stardust is in is all this crazy stuff that he never only did the one time. <laughs> oh. and, he, and it was funny to say that a lot of guys will go in and do their own mocap because they don't want somebody else trying to do their mocap because they're afraid of how they're going to look at the yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, uh, Robert continues, as far as arcade games, I remember playing a WWF one in the early 1990s. That would probably be either, uh, what were they, Superstars and uh, WrestleFest, right? There's only two that were available, really. It was mainly just as my friends and I hung out in the mall and wanted something to do other than just wandering around, as we did in the early 90s, uh, with our, uh, you know, at least for me, in our, uh, you know, jeans and flannel shirts. And uh, and you're, you're a Miami, you're a Miami, University of Miami fedora. 
My Universe of Miami fedora, yes, because I was fashionable. I was eclectic. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> yes. It, 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 it's different than the bucket hat because I had my bucket hat, which had porn star on it. Um, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I still have it somewhere. I have like a giant melon. I actually still have a porn you know, star. You know what? You know what I was thinking of. So, <laughs> you know what I, I was thinking about the other day? You know what? I wish I could find because at some point I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to like a '90s party. I wish I could find my old Big Johnson T-shirt. Oh my god! Big I had Big Johnson pit crews get some in and out fast and clean. <laughs> I bet you I still have. I, I I definitely have at least one No Fear shirt left in the closet. <laughs> Um, if I have, I don't, I don't, I don't I have your no big fear shirt also. <laughs> I had a bunch of no fear shirts, but, but they, they weren't even close to fixed. I remember like XLs back in the day. And I'm a four now, but, um, like in the closet, I have a, a no fear shirt that dad got me at universal studio. And it was like, it was like a two XL at the time. Right. He's like, Oh yeah. I mean, used to love these no fear shirts. I'm like in the nineties and dad got it for me. Like when I was already married. Um, but, but now, now it's retro. Yeah, but I'm saying I think I still I might still have big the big Johnson shirts. If I do, I'll send them to you. There you go. You. Get that big Johnson no, on. I, no, and get some Zubaz, and you're all no, set. No, that's what I'm saying. I was, I was like, I, I I can find the the parachute pants and the Zubaz and the uh, no. Actually, what I know I know what I have in the closet because um, my mom I had a, a number of big Johnson shirts um, and my mom washed one and for whatever reason the shirt came apart at the seams, like the neck came off and whatever. I'm like, Jesus Christ, mom. So she gave me money and Luke and I went to PacSun. Sun. Actually, it was called Pacific Sunwear at the time. It wasn't called PacSun. Yeah. To buy new shirts, right? <laughs> they could afford more letters back then. Yeah. yeah. So the back of the shirt where it was printed, I just cut that out and it's Big Johnson lifeboats. If you're going to get blown overboard, it's good to have a Big Johnson. And I have that and I hung that in my room at college. And people are like, that's so cool. I'm like, yeah, Big Johnson. I also have co-ed naked shirts somewhere. Um, you know. Oh, my God. See, the one uh, I remember, the Big Johnson shirt I remember you having was Big Johnson pizza delivery. Yes. Guaranteed to come in 30 minutes or more. Yep. Dude, and the worst My one. God, we were man, we were so extreme drinking our surge, yeah, eating our cool <laughs> ranch Doritos. But think about this, the hero, right? Is my parents, yeah, right? Who are not like, I mean, my parents are like, I mean, they're very conservative. Whatever. Luke and I wore. Big Johnson shirts. We had co-ed naked shirts. I had co-ed naked, like co-ed naked lacrosse, co-ed, na- co-ed naked rugby, like whatever kind of thing. Rough, tough, and in the buff. That was that one. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Luke and I, I mean, and we were not like, I mean, we, we, you know, went to Catholic school. We're not super fashionable. Like, we had to wear, you know, uniforms for a while, and then we had to wear, you know, like, dre- like dressier clothes. Yeah, well, I know. You know, you know what I'm saying, right? But, I mean, oh, yeah. we go to a track meet, and I was at a track meet, and I'm wearing a Big Johnson shirt at a track meet. Right. And people are like, oh, I love your shirt. I'm like, I know. It's so cool. Right. <laughs> They're all public school kids. Like <laughs> you guys see this all day long. They're like, no, I've never seen that one because, you know, we went to Pac Sun and I had like, oh, what are we going to buy here? We're going through Big Johnson shirts. Fun times. Oh anyway, God. that's another podcast for another day. <sighs> yeah. I, yeah. We got to do. I love the 90s and do it right. Well, yeah. But, but it's not just that. We also have to remember we had the, the hats like the, from the game. Like my had the slugs hat, you know. Yeah, I had the Terps, I had yeah. Maryland. Yeah, and I had, you know, we had the, you had a very popular one was Fordham University because that F U. Yeah, because you make the F U. Right. Yeah. But I yes, had, UMass yeah. got a lot of play in Massachusetts. You take the M out. Yeah. Yep. And then you know, 
Uh, I was going to say, that, that, that was even up in New York, because my girlfriend desperately wanted a UMass hat yes. just to do that. Yes. Uh, that was cat. Big shock yes. there. Big shock. But, <laughs> um, but I'm saying is, like, I had one I had one that was that said slugs. I still have that somewhere. Then I had that's the, the – That's the – what is that? Cal uh, – Fighting, fighting banana went, slugs. Banana slugs. That, that's what that's one of the university – that's one of the Cal ones, yeah. right? Yep. And then, and then you also had the anteaters and stuff like that. And then and yeah. I remember Dad buying us – that bought me at least – the anteater when he was down at Cosby's in the city, and this is how crazy this is, they had these hats, and he goes, I saw one that said anteaters. I said, Jay, that's so cool, I had to buy that for you. I'm like, sure, <laughs> right? But, like, like those hats, like, now, I mean, I remember those things being, like, like $10, maybe, yeah. you know, $7 at Lids, when Lids actually sold hats that weren't just all. I walk into Lids, I'm like, I need a, I need an eight, yeah. right? And I'm like, let me try this on. He's like, don't put it on your head, are you crazy? like, don't bend At least it. you have a size that you can get. Every time I go into lids, it's like, yeah, can I? What do you get for the child sizes or the small, <laughs> the small one size? I, no, they don't have. Them. I wear an eight, and eight is snug sometimes, depending on which cut it is, because I got a giant melon of a skull, right? So I've actually had to order eight and a quarter. Do you understand how big that hat is? Like. They <laughs> newborn babies could lay inside the hat with plenty of room. Like, good lord, it's roomy in here. Anyway, I'm like a six and five eighths. I can never find anything. Christ, dude, are you Sucks. <laughs> oh, oh God! I, it's, like, it's I like, just want I... a goddamn Hartford Whalers hat. Is that oh. so hard to find? Oh. Man, I tell you, uh, I, I, you know, Hartford. it's like it's like okay. and it's like guys. Can, is there anything other than a fifty nine fifty? Like oh no. My God. I'm like, oh yeah. okay, yeah, I get it. I want to drop thirty five bucks on a hat. Oh, I found a new era. Yeah. yeah, new era. Well, that's, a, that's new at 59.50s, the fitted ones. If you don't have the 950s or 29 or 39, 3930s or something I can adjust or yeah. stretch or well, something. Well, the problem is, what do you call it, is the, is the 59.50s, their bodies are so deep now. If you wear glasses, your glasses yeah. are definitely – I'm like, do you guys have a shallow-bodied hat that's not, like, tiny? Like, they either want it to, like, basically be a beanie or they want it to, like, cover your entire ears. And I'm like, remember when fitted hats just, like, fit? Yeah, like, they just freaking. Yeah, yeah, actually, it was like the ones that you know the guys would wear on the field. Yes, real hats. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, remember buying them at Yankee. Yeah. I remember buying them at Yankee Stadium. <laughs> yeah, I, down, I, but, but. So. we're we're a little far I, off I hate, of Robert's email. I hate though, to disappoint so. everybody out there, but if there's a, any sort of sticker or hologram on my hat, it's coming it off. off. And yeah. yes, the, the brim is getting shaped. Yeah, yeah, serious for reals, man. <laughs> like, what are you, what are you trying to prove? <laughs> well, I'm not trying to prove fresh. anything. No, no, it's it's not not about the people leave the sticker on there. It's no. like, what are you trying to prove, man? It's, serious. It, what they're proving is that it's it's a real hat. It wasn't that they, it was it's not counter like it's not like a, a knockoff hat and it's super fresh, but they, you know then they got to be more fresh. You leave the bag on it. And then it's got to be yeah. more fresh. <laughs> so you got the guy on top of your hat actually stitching your hat cuz you're super it fresh. Up. You know what you know what we used to call the hats with the flat brim and you leave the sticker on it. Jr. and I used to call that you were the number one draft. Number pick. one draft pick, right? Yeah, you, you hat yeah. on just a little off center, <laughs> holding up the shirt, smile, and I'm number one draft pick. Yeah, all right. I mean, we, we, there's definitely pictures of that out there of people like mugging for that, like number one draft pick. You know, that's what it is. Anyway, uh, Robert continues. Oh boy, <laughs> he's never got creating a character in anything. Oh. So I have never created a wrestler. Maybe if I play the Xbox One game, I will try. I highly doubt it, though. Well, I think I have rambled on enough for now. Robert, you're talking to us. We've rambled on longer than your email. So I would just did 15 minutes on clothes. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, right. We have oh, God. Three guys who went to Catholic school for most of their lives talking about clothes. Well, we didn't have a choice we had to wear. 
Oh, I just thought of this. If we do that 90s podcast, the song has to be Catholic School Girls Rule by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, geez. Uh, well, I think I've rambled on enough for now. Until next time, Robert Ludwig, Nevada, Iowa. P.S. Watch out for the Black Scorpion. He is coming for you. Well, now he's got to deal with all three of us. Yes. And we beat up security, and we have the Omni on lockdown yeah. right now. So if the Black Scorpion wants to try and get in here, he's going to have his work cut out for him. He's, he's not getting in center somebody. stage. I'm telling you that right now. We have center stage on full lockdown. <laughs> the, the N1C Mafia is full effect. We are good to go. <laughs> and y'all better recognize yeah. that's all I gotta say about that oh, Robert yep. thank you very much for writing in if yep. you would like to write in to get back to the wrestling you can write us at get back to the wrestling at yahoo.com and we will read your email here on the air Right. So we have any other uh, any um, any other side tangents we want to uh, you know open the door on <laughs> before, before we get we to the sixteen stuff? matches we got to get through tonight? Uh, <laughs> us. I know, holy crap! Okay, so here's the I thing: how is, many matches you used to get? You know, but this is the crazy thing, right? WrestleMania nowadays, like, and they're, they're advertising it because Dad was just talking to me about it today. He goes, "Jay, do you see they have Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania?" And I'm like, yes. and I'm like, okay, Dad. So and I start explaining to me, he goes, "Yeah, you know, she could really kill everybody." I'm like, oh, okay. Yes, Dad. Except for Brock Lesnar, I would take Ronda Rousey over anybody else in the entire WWE anywhere. Because maybe Shayna Baszler might have a shot, right? But like, she she can kill everybody, right? And then Dad goes, "Well, he goes, well, is it starting early?" I go, "Yeah, it starts at seven, and it'll hopefully be done before one a.m." He goes, "What the hell?" I'm like, "I know, but this is what happens. They just start like, well, we're running long. Let's just keep going, you know." Back in the day, remember when was it? Okay. Didn't it start at 4 o'clock, Luke? I'm trying to remember. Um, it wasn't 4. I want to say it was 5. We were sitting in the living uh, room. Yeah, it, it would start earlier in the day. It started I know at that. like 4 o'clock, and then it was 4 hours, and it went till 8 o'clock. Because I and, they'd, and they'd have, a, and they'd have a, uh, an intermission. Yes. Yeah, a 20-minute or 10-minute intermission in the middle. But I remember it being like 4 o'clock because we were sitting in the living room, and we were not allowed to eat in the living room once we got the new carpet because yeah. you know, that was a rule. Right. Yep. And so mom put down like a towel so we didn't make a mess with our with our very, you know, because it's, it's wrestling. So we have to have like our snacks and stuff, which was oh, yeah. like um, carrots, celery and cucumbers with some sunshine dip, because that's yeah. how hardcore we were back then, dude. Like and then we had Dang. dinner on the floor like that was like like it was a big thing. Right. And yep. I remember watching it and being eight o'clock. Like, oh, my God, it's almost bedtime. But wait, we're up. We can be up till nine. It's starting again, and we'd start watching it again. Because when pay-per-view wasn't like you just bought one of them, it's just they just turned it on and turned it, it just, off. Yep, yeah. there you go. Um, I love back then, man. Like, I, mean, I, <laughs> I know people are like, oh, you're being an old man. Get off my lawn back in my day. I'm like, but it was just so cool. Oh, the, replay, the replay is starting. Yeah, like, let's go. It's, <laughs> we can stay up. We can stay up. Like, I brushed my teeth already, Mom. Staying up, <laughs> fall asleep on the floor in the living room. You know, yeah. you're too big for anyone to drag away. Anyway, um, but this was billed. <laughs> this was billed as the four-hour epic. That was how they billed this. It was because after WrestleMania three, WrestleMania three, you know, broke the attendance record or whatever. That WrestleMania four, that this will change the world. The event that will change the world. The four-hour epic is watching. Yeah, they, yes. right, right. And it was crazy to think like. It really was like this was groundbreaking to think that at no time had the WWF had no heavyweight champion. 
let alone not had a heavyweight champion for a couple months, basically. You know, because this is the end of March. Yeah. That happened in February. There was no champion for like two months. And that was unheard of at the time, you know? And it was just like, it was like coming off of WrestleMania 3, it was like, oh, it's going to like, what do you mean? What do you mean Hogan's not champion? I mean, Gorilla says it. He goes, it's hard for me to picture him without the belt. It was. Being, you know, in Hulk Hogan, whether you watch wrestling or not in the 80s, Hulk Hogan is wrestling in the 80s. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, I love Ric Flair, but Hulk Hogan was the face of wrestling in the 80s. And to not imagine Hulk Hogan with the world title and being the champion and the guy, yeah, you know, it was it was earth-shattering. But, mm-hmm. but that's not how this card starts. Um, no. This, this card starts with, first of all, as Luke mentioned, great interplay between Jesse and uh, Gorilla. And I love them talking, right? Yeah. And then they introduce Bob Euchre into the mix. Now, <laughs> hey, Mr. Baseball. Right. Bob Euchre. How did somebody with a career 200 average become Mr. Baseball? Right. I think of like Willie Mays. Yeah. Or Mickey Mantle. Right. It's Bob Euchre. It's so funny to hear Jesse and, and Bob Euchre interact because they're both doing, you know, obviously shtick, but Euchre's quick enough to come back at Jesse. Right. <laughs> It's good. Yeah. Well, I'm being serious. He's quick enough to come back at him. Because yeah. other guys would be like, um, um, yeah. you never hear him stammer. I mean, he doesn't talk into the microphone all the time, which is a problem. But, like, he never stammers out. And it's really funny to hear him talking. But the opening uh, match here, of course, is the 20-man over-the-top battle royal, right, for that giant trophy. They took two referees to carry it to the ring, right, kind of thing. You know it's big, though. Yeah. You know it's big. That, that There's a line in there. Where you goes, at least the guys who went early got their per diem money. And I was like, oh my yeah. God, that's so funny. <laughs> uh, that is, uh, it, it, this is, this, I, I, what I like about this battle royal, first off, I always love a battle royal at WrestleMania. I'm a big fan uh-huh. of the Andre the Giant Invitational Battle Royal. I'm a big fan of what I am calling in my own mind the Ivory Invitational Battle Royal for the women. <laughs> Yeah, I love the Ivory. Battle Royal Jay now, knows but... I I know. It's just yeah. called the Women's Battle Royal. Now, Jay knows I love Ivory. Ivory's probably my favorite female wrestler of all, like, singles wrestler of all time. She's just great. You know, she w- I loved her back in the day as Tina Ferrari. I remember yeah. watching her then. Yeah. But And as she's going into the Hall of Fame, the year they have a Women's Battle Royal, it's the Ivory Invitational. But anyway, right. I always love a Battle Royal at WrestleMania because the first Manias I watched were 2, 3, and 4, mm-hmm. you know? So Battle Royal, even though it's not a Battle Royal at 3, Three is set up by the Battle Royal on Saturday Night's Main Event. Yeah. You know, so Battle Royal has played a role in all three of these. And I always love seeing everybody out there and everybody gets a payday. Yes. You know, I, yeah. I do love that. And you got you, you're digging deep here. Yes. With some of these guys. <laughs> and I don't and I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just meaning guys that obviously would not have had a spot right. on this card. Guys like Georgie Animal Steel, Harley Race, Dangerous Danny Davis, The Killer Bees, Ken Patera, Sam Houston, yeah, yeah. Sika, you're not going to snap this chicken's neck, Sika. You know, the Bolsheviks. <laughs> None of these guys would have been on this card uh, right. otherwise. I mean, they all get a chance. Yeah. JYD is out there. Yeah, JYD is awesome. And, yeah, they're, 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 the, fab- the Fabulous Ragu Sisters are out there. Yes. Fabulous Ragu Sisters. <laughs> Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I know you paid bad news, Alan, 20, you know, to come and do my, uh, uh, I just, I don't need some help finding the ring. <laughs> I love bad news, Brown. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the thing now about... that, see, that's what I would have done. I'm just going to say this. I would have switched. Now I'll talk about this when we get into Savage's road to the title. Yeah. But I would have switched Butch Reed and bad news Brown. Yeah. And, and, and I know what you're saying, Luke, you're a racist. And it's like, no, let's hear me out. The reason why I put a put Bad News Brown in the tournament 
instead of in the Battle Royal, yeah. is that I could really buy that Bad News Brown would beat the living crap out of Randy Savage, and that he would be out there trying to hurt him as part of Savage's overall story, right. you know, because Bad News don't care, right? you know. Bad News would go out and fight anybody, whether it was for a title or not, you know. I was, I was, I was like Bad News. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think why that, I mean, obviously, Butch Reed, um, the one thing Butch Reed has over Bad News Brown was Butch Reed was much bigger than Bad News Brown. Yeah. And I think that's what they were trying to pit Savage. And he was more established because Butch Reed sure. had been there for a while. Yeah. Bad News had only just recently come over from Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying, I think I think that they also would do, it, there's that. And I think Butch Reed is just such a big dude, you know, kind of thing. And he was, you know, I think they were trying to make Savage look smaller, you know, to really be yeah. the underdog in there. But yeah, I got I to gotta admit, though, I, I just, I couldn't imagine, I mean, it, it can, because we know what happens. The end of the Battle Royal if it's not bad news, Brown turning on Bret Hart, you yeah. know, I mean, okay. So do we realize right here, this, as much as everything, all oh, this is the beginning of Bret Hart, the singles wrestler and yeah. the face. This is mm-hmm. where he's born because yeah. he got an insane pop when he throws the trophy out of the ring. People, the whole place yeah. went ballistic. <laughs> and I like that. He almost landed in the garbage. That, is, <laughs> that would have been perfect. <laughs> but boom, it's in there. Well, Mr. Well, the, perfect the, didn't throw it. That's why. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that would have been absolutely perfect. perfect. The, the, the anecdote always goes that at this time, Bret Hart was getting just as much fan mail as like Hulk Hogan. Yeah. So that's why they kind of realized that there was there was profit to be made in in Bret Hart as a babyface. And so the original thought was, well, do we want to split up the Hart Foundation? And they decided to make both of the turn the Hart Foundation babyface yeah, right and that ended up being a big success also they had a great run as babyfaces in and then the anvil would later team of course with owen hart as brett transitioned to being a singles wrestler so that you're right it, it's funny to think about this fairly nondescript battle royal you know yeah. which which is funny because you've got some guys that had main you know not main event but had actual matches on the card last year are now you, you had like, some t- you had some former top draws on there. Yeah, Hillbilly Jim was yeah. in there. Holy Race. I mean, Race was obviously in the back end of his career. But yeah, but, uh, but you also had guys like like Ken Patera was huge before yeah. this after he came back. And, and you, I mean, J- and the J- dog, yeah, and JYD. I mean, JYD. Yeah. There was no one, no one was ever more popular in, down in um, with Bill Watts than JYD. Yeah. JYD. Was I mean, if you ever get a chance to watch the Mid South um, DVD set, it is phenomenal. Like it's surprising when you're like, really, JYD was that over? JYD was the man down there. You know what I always think is 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 great about that is that you know I, I always liked I always liked Junkyard Dog when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Always liked the Junkyard Dog. Is Dude, that kids love JYD? Yeah, that's what I mean. He, you know, you watch his stuff in like Mid South, and it's all really really violent. Yeah. And you can see how well he worked in that. But then you watch him in WWF. It's like he looks like he is having so much more fun. Oh, sure. Being yeah. beloved. Yeah. You yeah. know, going out there and, and and dancing and shaking and having the kids and all that. He is having a ball. And it's 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 in, infectious to watch the dog wrestle because of that, you know. Yeah. And I've always, that's why I've always been a, a junkyard dog fan. It's great to see JYD here, even if he gets uh, thrown out by the uh, unlikely alliance of yeah. – uh, you know, Bret Hart and Bad News. And, of course, Bad News. I, I, and Bad News made a habit of this, of turning on people in Battle Royals, walking out in the Survivor Series teams. Yes. You know, yeah. and, and it, people don't, don't you know, because Bad News never never held titles or anything. But in an era when the heels, basically all the heels got along. 
in right. WWE. It was rare for heels to fight each other. Right. He didn't get along with anybody. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, and it was that was just a unique thing. Well, I you know, you know I would have always I always thought he would have fit in really well over in the NWA. Yeah. Because you could have a heel that just didn't care, was yeah. just out there to make money and hurt people. Well, you, in WWF, he really stood yeah. out. You know? you know the thing is, over in Japan, obviously he was a major success over there. But one of the way one of the reasons he came, he was brought into WWE or WF at the time, excuse me, Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant loved him. Yeah, like they were over in Japan. He, him, and Andre tagged together, whatever. And in Japan, he was still doing the bad news. I think what well, was bad? It wasn't bad news. Brown is bad news. Allen. It was bad news. Allen. Right. Yeah. And Andre, they were a team. I mean, are you kidding? Right. Yeah, and 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 he's, I mean, and, and, he's really you know, a Alan, dangerous person. He's, a, he's yeah. A, I mean, Alan Kog is a is a is a is a black belt in judo. Right. And he was an Olympian. Yeah. You know, he so was an I'm Olympic is, judoka. So. so you have a real badass, you know, and then you have Andre the Giant. <laughs> All right. I mean, I don't know. Uh, well, you know, what does it say when we'll Bad News Allen Universal just... Tag Match? I think I'll just join that team. I could be in the sixth. Well, you know, it's one of those things. What do you say when Bad News Allen is the small guy of your team? Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> by a lot. <laughs> no, I mean, not not yeah, not just like you know, slightly smaller. You know, yeah. <laughs> that, that was like when uh, an interview. I saw an interview with the Big Show where he said that him, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson rode together. It's like, can you imagine that? If Machine Gun Anderson is the small guy, <laughs> I mean, like the really small the really guy. Small guy. How they drove with alien like a Fiat or? <laughs> or I imagine it's got to be something really hilariously small. <laughs> for, for Big did Show, you ever get a chance to, get to watch the, the ride along with Big Show? He's how do I even fit Big this Show and Kurt Angle? He's like, how the hell do I fit this? <laughs> well, that's why Big Show had a bus for a while. So <laughs> it's just so funny. They're just like he's he's sandwiched in there. Yeah. I'm like, all right. Yeah, uh, but anyway. uh, but yeah, like I said, I, I I appreciate having the battle royal, even if it's not the greatest battle royal. But I always like battle royals at WrestleMania, so I am a complete sucker for this match. Well, the other the other good thing about it as as a warm up, not as a warm up match, but as the yeah, the, the entry on the card, it's not like a forty five minute one. It's ah. it's bang bang bang, yeah, like it just minutes. it it, it says, and I, I know all the matches were, you know, the fifteen minutes or less because of the amount of matches, but. It still it moves along at a good pace. Like you're never bored yeah. watching it. Yeah. There's no. There's no. All right. Well, you know, there's four guys left. Let's all do rest holds now. Well, the funny part is, I love when George Steele never gets in the ring, and that gorilla goes, "He must have been eliminated." He goes, "No, he never was in." He goes, "He was in there for the announcement." Just like, "No, he wasn't." Like, like <laughs> clearly, like gorilla's just putting it over. Like he must be out, right? You know, kind of thing. Just like I don't think he ever got in there, gorilla. It's so funny because you know he never got in the ring. Right. And they just are like, all right, you're done, George. Get out of here. Right. Well, and so right the, the, now, that, George Animal Steel, you know, could, you know, he, he'd never been eliminated from that battle royal. The same way Curtis Axel was Curtis eliminated from <laughs> the Royal Rumble that year. Um, yeah. Took a hell of a shot into the friggin thing. But OK. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing and the th- I will say that the, this that is a good point about, you know, some of the, the miscommunication early on. And you see it watching this now. As a kid, I never really noticed this. Yeah. But now you're in, you're basically you're at Trump Plaza. You're basically in a convention center. Yep. Because if they're 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 essentially in all in in all actuality they're across the street from the casino. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. at what is the Atlantic? What is now called the uh, historic Atlanta City Convention Hall. Right. And so they're in the convention hall, and you look at this, and you can see it looks like a big convention hall. It looks yeah. like they could have, you know, the uh, the world of concrete there next week. Yep. 
Yeah. So it, it is con- such a carpet everywhere. Yeah. It is, and it's a so, small venue compared yeah. to twenty thousand. Yeah. The Silver Dome. I'm saying and it's it is, twenty thousand people. Looked like it, that's it, crazy. Yeah. Like not even twenty thousand. Yeah. The, the, the announced attendance was nineteen thousand one ninety nine. Yeah. They couldn't squeeze one more person in there. But um, <laughs> and it, it just so it just looks weird. It doesn't look like WrestleMania because now we're used to Mania being in a stadium. Yeah. You know, so they all look like WrestleMania three. Yeah, but this and this doesn't even look like say WrestleMania seven, which was obviously at a smaller venue, but was still at a sports arena. Yeah, yeah. You know, this one it looks like it's in a convention center. It it looks like, for all intents and purposes, like like this would be like the arena that Paul Heyman would have killed for for ECW. Yes, oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> oh, we we could fit fifteen thousand people in there, you know that kind of thing. So, <laughs> And to see him rubbing his hands together, but uh, I'm doing that up to the mic. So it, to me, the, it, that alone, the sight lines that they were looking at, because they're all because we see later when Jesse is posing, they're all the way up top. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're far away from the ring, so you know they're, they're not getting exactly a great view of things. They have to go off the monitor. Yeah. Which was not the way that was. I mean, they used the monitor obviously when they were supposed to see what they were seeing, but they were still usually sitting at ringside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it, it, that alone, to me, just stands out as being a big change from what we had seen before, between the Garden and then the three different venues and then, of course, Silverdome. Yeah. You know, the Silverdome just being such an epic arena for this epic clash between Hogan and Andre, not to mention the undercard. And here, now, it's like, oh, we're in a really big hall. Yeah. I think I think what, what, it, what it gives that, the feeling that to of... Me is, right. It gives the feeling of a much, like... I mean, it is much smaller, but it gives a more intimate setting for WrestleMania, which I think now WrestleMania is just so overblown and so, like, bloated. I mean, I mean, it's yep. hard to say that a four-hour car is not bloated, but I'm saying, but like as Chris said, the match, the 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 the, Royal, the, Royal, the battle royal goes quickly. Everything happens. The the and the next match is going to happen. It's Bing, 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 Bing. There's not a whole lot of downtime, no. you know, which I think is great. Now at Mania, you're like, all right, let's bring out <sighs> Snoop Dogg to yeah. like, and twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. You flow you can, hey, you you can blame your girl, Sasha Banks, for that. That's all Don't I got to say. Not, she's not my girl. Your girl, not me. Sasha Banks. And not, in this, not in this house. Sasha your Banks. girl, Sasha. I'm going to keep saying it till it's true. I tell you she right ain't now, my girl either. Everybody yeah. knows that. Sasha Banks. All I know is they got they got this whole program with Sasha Banks and Bailey, yeah. and they're they're going to be in the Battle Royal. Is, is it too much to ask for Bailey at some point, for Sasha to get knocked into her, Bailey to grab her, headbutt the hell out of her, throw her out and then do the disgusted hand so motion with her garbage. hands like Andre. I like would she's love just that. so much garbage. So I would love that. I would lose my mind. So you got to remember that. though in this house um my daughter is a humongous Bailey fan. So we are not happy with Sasha Banks and all her bullshit. Um, well that's what I'm saying. So it would be perfect for Bailey to do the Andre headbutt throw her out for like Bailey to just. do that. And it's like she's so much Garbage. Garbage. Look at that. that. That's not a friendly Bailey. That's a mean Bailey right there. <laughs> so, okay, so real quick, before we before we leave the Battle Royal, this Battle Royal here is not, I mean, to me, it's not nearly the Battle Royal we got at WrestleMania 2. That WrestleMania, that was just a crazy Battle Royal. Cause it With all the up. NFL the players. The NFL and guys. And then, yeah. Brett, and then Bret Hart trying to think he's going to climb Andre somehow. I don't know. Right? <laughs> but the problem is, aren't all Battle Royals just trying to be the battle royal before WrestleMania three when Andre had butted yep. Hogan, right? Yep. I, I I mean, is there a more is there a battle royal, not a Royal Rumble? Is there a battle royal that was more important to a storyline than that battle royal? I can't I think can't. of one. Yeah. 
It is one of the best battle royals of all time, bar none, because even though the rest of the match isn't as important, just what Andre put, what he did to poor Lanny Poffo, right? Oh, my God. And, <laughs> I love Lanny Poffo's just laying there like like he's like he's like trying to like be tough and not like laugh because they're like, Lanny, you got to sell it. He's selling the shit out of it, right? And then, <laughs> but when he when Hogan, when Hogan gets cut off, when Andre and Hogan go and they get cut off and they keep getting cut off and yeah. finally they meet. And the, you can see, the whole arena goes, oh, like you can just hear them trying to suck all the air out of the arena. And when Hogan takes the giant headbutt and then is thrown out like so much garbage, it is still to this day that is so important to setting up WrestleMania. Think about this. WrestleMania, what, what sets up WrestleMania 3 is the, 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 the cross and the shirt getting ripped off of Hogan, which we mm. saw how many times? How many hundreds of times did you see that? That yeah. little vignette was so important, right? It didn't take five hours of live TV a week, every week. <laughs> it didn't take, I'm not kidding. It didn't take, you know, uh, us to be like, you know, people send out tweets and messages and a video and the this and that. It was, how long was that Piper's Pit? Five yeah. minutes? Five minutes, yeah. That Piper's Pit was the most important Piper's Pit maybe ever because it set up things that, you know, led to the biggest, arguably one of the biggest matches of all time. I mean, we're not talking about anything crazy. And the Battle Royal, except for the part with Hogan in there, I mean, at the end, I know it comes down to Billy Jerk and, um, what is it, Smash and the Natural Push Reed, right, or something like that, right? Yeah, You know, and uh, then they can't work together or whatever. I mean, okay, right. The rest of who gives but it, a shit. But it, but it still it, it told a different story in addition to telling the Hogan Andre oh, story. Right, yeah, I'm saying. And it, and but but and not just the Hogan Andre story. Remember, this was on that was Andre's first match as a, as a heel yeah. in this era. Yeah. So this this was the story of Andre working for Bobby Heenan. This was yeah. the story of the Mean Giant, like yeah. Vince calls him. So that that's why it's such an important thing, and it shows the power of a battle royal, which is why. Earlier today, when I was reading on Cage Side about Bailey and Sasha being in that battle, it's like this isn't. People are complaining. Well, they don't have a match. It's like they're gonna meet. You can do something with that. Mm-hmm. A battle royal doesn't have to be a throwaway to get everybody a payday. Right. You yeah. can tell a story with that. Use the opportunity that the that people want to see these two these two wrestlers get it on. Put them in the same ring. Cut them off. Have them tr- start to hook up and then get pulled off. Right. Have you know other people double team. Also, you can do that kind of stuff. You right. can tell a story without beating us over the head with it. But they don't want to tell a story without beating us over the head with it. Right. One of the advantages, you know, I I agree with you about you know uh, there's an over reliance now on social media for a lot of this stuff. But the advantage is, I'm specifically thinking of a guy like the Miz. Now, Miz gets a lot of TV time because he's the Intercontinental Champion, and he puts in a lot of effort as the Intercontinental Champion. But whatever program he is working, whoever he's working with, they will go and promote their program on their own, independent of anything done on television. He did this with Dolph Ziggler. He mm-hmm. did it with Baron Corbin. He's done it with just what everybody he's worked with. Within, you know, for the idea that they can, the people that are interested in that are going to be hot for it because right. they're putting in the extra effort. So if you want to put in the extra effort and tell a story and Vince is going to let you do it, go for it. I mean, yeah. all this stuff with Kurt Hawkins, Kurt Hawkins has a shirt mm-hmm. for losing. Yeah. And, and people like, Kurt Hawkins sucks. Like, Kurt Hawkins is awesome because he's out there every week. Right. Working his gimmick and going out there and working and playing a role on the show. Yeah. You know? And, so, and you know, and, yeah. and, and when he becomes Braun Strowman's partner, 
and Braun Strowman punches him in the face and knocks him unconscious, and he becomes uh, tag team champion while yeah. being unconscious at ringside. And people will be like, oh, that's so stupid. That's so, like, like, wow, that's genius. Yeah, Kurt he, Hawkins will become a two-time right, world tag because he'll, he won't he won't have <laughs> done anything. Right, like, the streak's over. But like, no, it's not, dude. You didn't, you didn't win that match. Yeah, Braun Strowman <laughs> wins that match, dude. It writes itself. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like so. Anyway, <sighs> fifteen more matches, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we gotta get through this. Okay, so, so our first. Don't worry, some some are going to be a lot quicker than that. So yeah. <laughs> our first tournament match introduces <laughs> our villain, our villain of the piece. Yes. And that is the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, a uh, personal favorite of mine for a long oh, time. Yes, yes. Uh, taking on, you know, a guy that um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell one quick story about his opponent, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Um, I, when I was at Clemson as an undergrad, uh, the the Clemson Tiger Band, uh, you know, known for their for Tiger Rag, the song that shakes the Southland. One of the songs that was in their um, a portfolio that they would play during football games was they would play the Saturday Evening Post. Da 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 da. And I, without hyperbole, as soon as they got to the da 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 da, you could hear hundreds and hundreds of people in this stadium going ho. So I, you know. Jim Duggan, never going to be, you know, ne- never going to challenge Harley Race for as a technical wrestler, you know, never going to be, you know, uh, a guy that's going to go down as a catch-as-catch-can technician. But, damn, he worked his gimmick, and he worked it well. I've yeah. got to give Jim Duggan a lot of credit for that. The, the, is the, the Jim Duggan we got in WBF was not the Jim Duggan that wrestled in Mid-South. The Jim Duggan mm-hmm. from Mid-South was a tough guy, a brawler, whatever. This was comic book character over the top, Jim, you know, Jim but Duggan. he was over. Oh, no, I'm not saying it, but they made him into a big. He was a heel, like he was just a, like like he was one of those guys. Like it was, it's different. I mean, Vince, you know, took guys and made them more palatable. Hacksaw Jim Duggan from Mid South was not going to be palatable to the WWF audience. Uh, yeah. Ted DiBiase, the, as as the guy who was supposed to become world champion but didn't for whatever reason, um, you know, for the NWA, is a million dollar man. He's one of the most memorable wrestlers of this era, if not maybe ever. There are people who cite him as their as their who are heels who cite they try to do the DiBiase thing they try to do yeah. that like the way he was always I mean, he cheated but he didn't cheat like in a way where it was like overly blatant like he would just yeah. take shortcuts you know kind of thing yeah. so um, I think it's great when Andre and and Virgil come out here right yeah and they go well why is why is Andre here he's like well clearly Andre's here for DiBiase and it's like. Yeah. But he, he's not a manager. He goes, yeah, but he owns his contract, right? It's like, what? Like that's not a reason. But you know, I mean, we well, know it, why Andre's it falls, there. But you know, it, it it falls to the old thing. Are you going to tell him he's got to leave? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it, 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 and Andre Andre always looking. I always like Andre in street clothes. I yes. for whatever reason, I always do. It just, I mean, I, I love. Yeah. I mean, I love the heel Andre with the black with the right. one strap. Yes. Yeah. Andre in street clothes to me, it's like. Damn, he is such a big dude. I yeah. love Andre standing yeah. at the side of the ring yeah. and looking over the middle. Yes, he's looking over the middle. I, I know that, like, you know, the Big Show does the same. Yeah, Big Show does the same thing. But when Andre does it, you're just like, Jesus Christ, there's a condominium outside the ring right now. <laughs> so anyway, to no one's surprise, Ted DiBiase takes the win. Now, I love at the end how he gets the win. Duggan is sticking his head through the ropes at Andre. Andre 
punches him right in the face. And Andre's <laughs> fist is about the size of his face. But at the exact same time, DiBiase runs a knee into his kidney. Fucking, you know, Duggan's like, God damn it, would you stop? I'll take one, but not the other. And he goes down, and Ventura's like, what a move, what a move, right? You know, kind of thing. And I'm like, man, poor, poor Jim Duggan. He just took a knee yeah. to the kidney and a punch from Andre, which even if Andre threw it light, it had to hurt. Oh, yeah. Big yeah. ham hock hitting you. You get, you, get, you get hit with a frozen ham. You tell yes. me how light I swung it. It still hurts. <laughs> oh, so. I mean, this kind of a, kind of a you know, this is a matchup we would see a lot in this era. Yeah. Um, because these, these were just two mainstays yeah, yeah, in the yeah. WWF this era. Kind of a typical match for them. They're, they're yeah. well matched up. They're similar in size. Yeah. Their styles, uh, you know, are completely, Duggan, styles are completely different, so right. one's a brawler. Yeah, Duggan's one's going to brawl, and then yeah. DiBiase's going to tie him up. So the, yeah. the two of them work well together, yeah, and yeah. having a technical heel against a brawling babyface works. Yeah. You know, when your babyface is over like Duggan was. I mean, I mean, this, this, I mean, everybody loved chanting USA with Duggan. You know, he, was, he was a character. Yeah. But there was no way Duggan was going to beat no, DiBiase, not no, going into no. this. So a, a, a decent match, not yeah. not great, but no, not a bad start to the yeah. to the tournament. I think as far as you know, like you say, uh, Chris, the first round matches are limited to fifteen minutes, so you know they're not going to be long. Yeah. But for a five six minute match with with DiBiase and Duggan and getting yeah. Andre involved, I thought it was a pretty good opener. Yeah. So you're uh, okay. So the second match is uh, the the world's strongest man, quote unquote, Dino Bravo with Frenchie Martin taking on. <sighs> Don the Rock Morocco with, oh. good Lord, Superstar Billy Graham. Okay. In the oh. contest of who's the more worthless manager. Right, exactly. <laughs> Neither one of them is a good manager. So, okay, so when, when Morocco comes out, they go, Don the Rock Morocco. And Haley goes, the Rock's coming out? I go, the Rock's a little kid, Haley. This is 88. He's a little kid. She goes, that's not the Rock. I go, that's the original Rock. Okay, so if you get a chance, folks, and you watch this, when Morocco comes out, he's wearing the tie-dye and stuff. Look at his left arm. He must have had a vein that broke or an artery that broke. It must have all been bunched up. It looks like he has, like, sausage casing underneath yeah. his skin. It's oh. disgusting. I mean, don't be wrong. Amazing. He was he was built like like, like a brick shithouse. So he is insanely jacked right now, right? That's, that's, this is completely roided up. You know, um, this isn't beach bum John Morocco from uh, um, what was that? What would him and Fuji do? What was that? Whatever Vice. Fuji Vice. Fuji Vice, right? Not that. Yeah. Um, but he's insanely big. Dino Bravo was a big man with bad hair, but he was a you know God God rest yeah. his soul, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Right? So his hair just was like, oh, Dino, like really. And, and Dino Bravo in green. What was up with that? Yeah. Uh, Dino. In, in my mind, Dino always wears the powder blue, powder blue. with the floor delay but on. But he it. couldn't because who do you call had the powder blue on? Morocco wore <laughs> <Yeah>. powder blue. <laughs> One of us got to change, okay? Um, <laughs> you can imagine them backstage in the locker room. Yeah. <laughs> what are you putting on? That's what I wear. That's what I wear. Yeah. The, the, the shame is, and is right, the, Frenchie Martin was absolutely a thousand percent useless as a manager. Um, Superstar Billy Graham was a really useless manager. It was nice to see Billy Graham. Um, they make a big deal of the fact that if it wasn't for Don Morocco, Billy Graham would be living his entire life in a wheelchair. And that was the whole point that, that Billy Graham was trying to come back. Um, when you, if you ever get a chance to read Billy Graham's autobiography, it is heartbreaking. Um, the DVD of the whole thing, Tangled Ropes, it's called, is, is like just, it's so hard to watch this because you, he had such an amazing look. He was so ahead of his time. He was so 
every you're like, God, this guy is amazing. And he's Vince McMahon's favorite wrestler. Which is funny because it's a he's yeah. a heel. Right. And <laughs> right, and McMahon, oh I gotta love my baby faces, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> um but there's the best line maybe of the entire card. Jesse Ventura says it. I think Luke knows where I'm going with this. Yeah. When he goes, um, uh, wait, he goes, uh, um, Morocco was well, like, so Ventura says he beat an easy champion. Yeah. What Gorilla a stiff shot yeah. that is. Well, and Gorilla, and Gorilla goes, well, you know, Jess, you, you know, yeah. the, uh, uh, Billy Graham managed to win the world title. You never managed to do that while well, he beat an easy champion, an easy champion. Yeah. <laughs> what a stiff shot. And when you when you read the book and learn about what happened and like how San Martino really you know because like, at the same time and like we're changing things over and then eventually it's Pedro Morales and it, Billy Graham did not get to run with the title long because Vince always felt that heels were transition champions and their faces were your main champions but oh what a shot though to take and I understand what Jesse's going for there but it's like okay okay. Like, you know, I get it. Like, I get it. It's, it's, it's because it's, it's the WBF mentality of like your baby faces are your champions and your bad guys, you know, are your heels are the, are the challengers. And that's the way it is. But, well, I just know. thought that was a great line because if you don't know the history, mm-hmm. you, you just think Jesse's being a jerk. You don't know the level of jerkitude that he's going yeah. to with that statement. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Uh, I'm just saying it was, it was, I, even as a kid, I was like, I, because you know it wasn't you didn't have it readily available you know find out, but you'd find out who who did Billy Graham beat and you're like oh okay like you know stuff, yeah. stuff you know um but uh, th- this is kind of an odd it's match a because bad match it's not an it's odd, a bad, it's bad match no but it's odd in that Morocco is like trying to do all these moves that he has no business doing yes <laughs> it's like what did you do it's like pick him up and slam him yes your entire job pick him up put him down pick him up put him down I, so I'm reminded gonna... of. Of uh, of Luke Gallows talking about he worked a match once where the guy said I I know how to call a match out and and the whole crowd can hear you he goes oh, really how's that they go out there who wants to see a body slam <laughs> 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 who wants to see a pile driver nobody okay we won't do that yeah. <laughs> I remember that oh. and and then the the ending of this match is awful what a cluster it's so awful it's such a clusterfuck with Gino grabbing away, you know, the ref oh, and oh. then it's like a delayed reaction it's like this is not a good sign in the second yeah. turn of the second yeah. match of the tournament yeah that was that was kind of a dud but they needed a face to win because they couldn't have Dino Bravo lose to uh see they could have Dino Bravo go over and then Ted DiBiase pay him off you know what I'm yeah. saying yeah that that would have worked too I, I think it works better with one man gang but that's fine anyway yeah so on to a better match which a was substantially better yeah. match Greg Valentine <laughs> With uh, the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart versus Ricky Steamboat, where Ricky comes out with little Richie, um, you know, Richie, Richie Steamboat there being carried to the ring and yep. you know, handed him off to his wife. Um, and he is adorable. Yes. Yes. And he has, <laughs> and, uh, but it's still so funny because he later comes out in WCW with him when he's a little older and stuff. And Nancy's yeah. there as well, uh, his wife at the time. And it's just to me, like, I, I love Ricky Steamboat. Like, I know some people are like, oh, he's really good. Like, I just love Ricky Steamboat. Like, I always wanted him to win. And be the champion, like mm-hmm. he was the IC champion, like but it wasn't enough. Like he needed to be the the champion, and that's why I think in WC in, in the NWA slash WCW when he won the title from Flair, it yeah, I mean finally recognized the guy. And you know I know Steamboat had a, a long and history career and all stuff, but man, just a good match between two good technicians. There's a 
um, you know, uh, you know, well, Greg Valentine here is close enough to Ric Flair yeah. that he can play that role. And I, <laughs> and I mean that, you know, he's the slower paced blonde guy that's yeah. fighting Ricky Steamboat. So you can see how he plays the role of Ric Flair. What the thing to me, there's two things. First off, if you watch this on the network, yeah. Sirius by the Alan Parsons Project is cut and replaced yes. with generic music, which is very disappointing. Yeah. <clears throat> but not surprising as one of the few guys who had music from outside the WWF at this time. Yeah. But watching this match... You know, you forget just how friggin' quick G- uh, uh, Ricky Steamboat yeah. was. Oh, yeah. He oh, wasn't quick. He was sudden. Yeah. Jesus, this guy could move. Yeah. Those I mean, arm drags just... he does. Oh, They're Jesus. so deep. They're the deepest yeah. arm drags, and no yeah. one's ever thrown a deeper arm drag than him. And he's, he's so deep on that arm drag that there's you have no choice but to go over. Like, you, you cannot not go over on his arm drag. It's so deep, and he sells it so well. The only person who does anything even close to that was when Muda used to do the dragon screw leg whip. Remember, Luke? Yeah. Right? Yeah. You were like, you have to go because the other option is your hip comes out of place. Like, it doesn't yeah. – the, there is no option. You know? <laughs> Physics. Physics is the only reason yeah. here. I mean – But but the thing is, this is this really is a good matchup because yeah. Valentine – because he's – because, I mean, uh, Greg Valentine to me is one of those guys that he was always a mid-card guy, and again, in my memories of him. Yeah. But he was always a solid guy. You could yep. plug him in and know you'd get a good match. Yep. And and Jesse Ventura makes a great point here. One of my favorite little bits of ongoing continuity from the old uh, continuity and nit. Valentine about ten minutes to get warmed up in a match. Yeah. You know, if you watch WWF in the eighties, you knew that intrinsically. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, it takes the hammer a few minutes to get going, and just like, well, he's only got fifteen minutes. He may not have time to get warmed up. Yep. <laughs> he they may would, just run through the whole tournament. Well, that's what he said. Going. Like, that, that was in like the, the early Royal Rumbles. Well, Greg Valentine, he's a guy who can go all day. He 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 loves a matches so long, and Valentine would be in there, and you'd be like, "How is he lasting?" Because Valentine is a guy who can last a long time. That was his mo. He just he he could go sixty minutes. He wasn't going to go he, fast, no. but he gets. <laughs> <laughs> to me, Greg said, Greg Valentine's one of those good hands. You know, he's yeah, a guy yeah, yeah. that you like having on the roster. You can plug him in. He's if if you were going to need somebody to feud for the Intercontinental title or plug him into a tag match or you know, you could have Greg Valentine be a utility heel, yep. and he does it really well. Yep. You know, and and here, I mean, he really does get to shine because not only does he get a, a decent uh, bit of offense against uh, Steamboat, he kicks out of the big chop off yep. the top, yep. which is I had forgotten about that. I mean, I knew that hammer went over, but he kicks out of the chop. I'm like, I am, I would that. I mean, I was legit surprised yeah. that, that that they went that way. I mean, Steamboat was on his way out. He, this is why yeah. he waves goodbye to the crowd and all that afterwards, and why he brought the little guy out. But it and, and you know, so he wasn't going to go over there. I've seen a lot of chatter. It's like, oh, it's a missed opportunity not to have valent, not to have St- uh, Steamboat go over and do Savage Steamboat too. And it's like, well, you're already doing Hogan Andre too, yeah, yeah. which you knew was not going to run as long or be as epic as the first one. Are you going to really take the chance of right. having, you know, a, a match that's going to, you know, not live up to the hype, especially with one guy who's one foot out the door? Yeah. Yeah. And plus, Savage was so he planned out that match so so much at WrestleMania for months, like for weeks and weeks and weeks, they planned it out. There was no way you were going to be able to do any of that stuff in you know in in that you know in a you know a ten minute a six seven minute match you know what I'm saying so, right yeah but anyways so uh, the uh, next tournament match 
is the one that's worse than Morocco versus uh, Bravo. <laughs> that's one man gang versus Bam Bam Bigelow. Two wrestlers I like. So it's one man gang with Slick, you know, the doctor style Slick. And then Bam Bam Bigelow comes out with Oliver Humperdinck. Okay. So yeah. Kelly goes, who the hell is with Bam Bam Bigelow? And I go, Oliver Humperdinck. She goes, like, that's supposed to mean anything. I go, look at it, Kelly. That's what his name is. She goes, what is he wearing? I go, I don't know, a tent? I'm not sure. Um, and then Haley said uh, to me, she goes, which one's Bam Bam Bigelow? Because she, did, she didn't recognize. I go, the man with the tattoos all over his head, not just tattoos on some part of his head. She goes, that man doesn't have tattoos. That's hair. I said, look closely. She goes, oh, man, that's a lot of tattoos on his head. Why did he do that? And I said, well, Haley, I said, uh, Bam Bam Bigelow was a man who made very different decisions in life than some of us do. You know? <laughs> well, he had to match the, uh, you know, the outfit. Yeah, former, yeah. former bounty hunter, uh, Bam Bam Bigelow. Could you imagine him <laughs> coming out for your, like, like, like you skip bail? I don't want him chasing me. I'm sorry. You need a cigarette, bro. This is, you know what's funny is that the one-man gang, of course, um, built from Chicago, Illinois, actually grew up and uh, was born in Illinois, but spent the majority of his life up the road from me, where he still lives, in Spartanburg, South Carolina, just George Gray from Spartanburg, as he calls himself. So I'm a a big fan of the one-man gang. I'm a big fan of Bam Bam Bigelow. This match is garbage. And it's so disappointing. (laughs) Two of my, you guys know, I like big dudes, big, massive, monstery dudes, right? Okay. Hosses. Yeah, yeah. Wailing on each other. One of my favorite feuds from WCW in the 90s was Big Bubba Rogers and John Tenta, and that's a shoot. (laughs) Carson City Silver Dollar match. I'm not a fish, I am a man. But, uh, no, this this match is is crap. And and Bam Bam gets counted out. Yes. He's on the apron. (laughs) Yeah. Can you get counted out on the apron? I don't know. Can the referee count so. faster? I mean, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the only one, redeeming two, quality, the only redeeming quality of this match, besides getting to see again two of my favorites from from when I was younger, um, Jesse has a great line. He goes to Gorilla, "You wouldn't buy a car from Slick." <laughs> <laughs> oh God! <laughs> so uh, no. Uh, Always make gang, me smile. Gang goes when, over when by this... count out and just no. I'm sorry, <laughs> I talked over you, Chris. It's all right. It always makes me smile when the slickster shows up, though. Yeah. He's <laughs> a job so bro. A job so job bro. So bro and always lie to your friends. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Uh, so, uh, so to but... end, we're gonna end round one here. We gotta end round one with Jake Roberts versus Rick. Well, you know, actually, Jay, you skipped Savage and uh, I did. I am so sorry. Yeah. I did. I skipped Savage and Reed. Uh. I was like, you were going to say the match worse than this. Like, Savage and Reed wasn't that bad. No. <laughs> Savage, sorry, I did skip one. You're right. I skipped match five. Match five was Randy well, Savage. That, that was the match. Well, that's the match with Slick. I've got my notes all screwed up. We should probably just do this again because I, I, that's for the wrong match because Bam Bam, uh, One Man Gang is managed by, not managed by Slick. He is. is he? One Man Gang is. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Okay, we're, yeah. We're good. Bye. Here we go. So, uh, so here we go. So, uh, Savage with Miss Elizabeth, obviously, versus Butch Reed. This is the match I skipped over. Sorry about that. Um, not a bad match. I mean, Butch Reed. No, not not. It's it's. This is kind of the typical uh, early Savage babyface match where he's he takes he play he kind of plays Ricky Morton without a partner. Yeah. He, he takes beating, takes a beating, and then he gets a quick break and hits the elbow for the for the win. Yeah. Uh, kind of a you know this is kind of a, a relatively quick match because obviously they gotta let Savage have a little bit in the tank here. Uh, because yeah. he's got to go four times, you know, Three more times. And um, 
But it, it's it's interesting because this is one of those ones where you look at on paper, you look at the way that Savage is booked here, and it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Like you said, we were talking earlier about Bad News Brown, right. that Butch Reed is such a, a big dude. I mean, you forget yeah. that Butch Reed was this big, muscular dude, right? And so, okay, so Savage's first opponent is a guy that physically is a lot stronger than him. So the idea that said that, uh, you know, uh, Reed's going to pick, I'm going to pick him up. I'm going to slam him down. And, uh, you know, that he's going to take a lot of punishment from fighting Butch Reed in the first round. So that makes sense. Now, again, it's a quick match. So it doesn't really work the psychology as well as it probably right, could. Right, right, right. But psychology has to be sacrificed at the altar of logistics. You have to fit a lot of matches in. You can't do 12 minutes of Butch Reed wearing down and beating up on Savage before the elbow drop. Right. You just can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, and and I think Butch Reed worked well here in this role. He's, I mean, one half of Doom with Ron Simmons. I mean, Butch Reed was no joke. I mean, he's another Mid-South guy. He was Hacksaw Butch Reed down there. He was, you know, I mean, they call him the natural here, um, which is funny because that's also Dustin Rhodes's nickname for a while there. Well, that's because, uh, because Reed had uh, bleached his hair, right? Yeah, right, like, yeah. The natural. They called him the natural because he had bleached hair. I'm like, well, that's okay. Um, but, and, <laughs> well, you know, for the WWF, it's only moderately racist, so yeah, that's right. okay. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> this isn't as racist as we're going to be later. We wait. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the thing is, I mean, Stay I, tuned, I, yeah. <laughs> I like him in this role. He's he's great. I mean, he's a big dude. He he's He's a good hand in the ring. Again, Butch Reed was never going to be over in WBF because he's a heel, first of all. He was never going to have the top spot. Uh, it just wasn't going to happen. Vince McMahon didn't identify with him, even though he's a big guy. You know, uh, I mean, think about it. Who are the top heels ever in WBF, right? I mean, Ted DiBiase, right? Yeah. But Ted DiBiase basically is playing a millionaire. Well, Vince, right? <laughs> you know, kind of thing. I'm just saying, right? Who, who's the other top heel, right? Who was it? Bobby Heenan. Right. Bobby Heenan, Bobby Heenan is the star. The Heenan family is always there, but it, it was never King Kong Bundy. It was never Big John Studd. It was never, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Haku Wonderful or, or Haku. Right. Yeah. They, they, they might have been on top of the card, but they were never the draw. It's always the Heenan family, the Heenan family. McMahon knew he had a guy in Heenan who, no matter who he stuck with him, had instant cred once you do it because Heenan was such a great manager, you know, and so good on the mic and so much airtime. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Again, not a bad match, a five, you know, a five minute match. Yeah, here, five, you know? For an opening round match where you yeah. know, I mean, you, you know, again, it, Savage is, that's the way he was as a baby face. He yeah. didn't have, he didn't start fast and then have to work back. He usually was, was under and then would come back real quick and win. That's the way he normally was a baby face. Yeah. So before the next match, we have the, uh, the promo with Hogan. Yes. Where Hogan has completely lost him. Yes. yes. Uh, he backstrokes yes. out of frame at the end of it. I mean, come uh, on. Yeah. And what Donald like, Trump had his, put his family on my back and let go of his material possessions. I'm like, wow. <laughs> Hogan is channeling his inner, his inner ultimate warrior. He's like, yeah. you, Hulk Hogan, walk with a different light around you. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> what the hell, Hogan? You're like, he's like... <laughs> Good Lord. He's like, I just did a whole bunch of smack and I'm wired. <laughs> you know? Anyway. Uh, yeah, I, I was never a really big Hogan fan as a kid. And, and this, I'm just watching this with my mouth agape. What the hell yeah. just happened? And it's, it's, it's like a minute and 50 <laughs> yeah. seconds. If it's only like a minute and 50 seconds. It's not even that long. 
It just not, seems not Hogan's best promo. No, no, no. no. Yeah. The power but lies that, here, and he points to the palm of his hand. That's good. He paid the, the referee. Off. He paid yeah. the referees off. You know, better promo. <laughs> anyway, so sorry. Th- this leads into the ravishing one, Ricky Rude yeah. versus ah, Jake the Snake Roberts for the last match in the first round. Now, this is the one that's uh, the, the, where the 15 minutes come into play. But I think the one problem I have with this match is Heenan is yelling at Rude, hurry up, like three minutes in. Like, he's, he's yelling to Rude, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up the whole time. Right? You're wasting, he keeps saying, you're wasting time, you're wasting time. And he is wasting time. He's wasting a lot of right. time. But <laughs> I think maybe have Heenan not start yelling it to at least like the seven, eight minute mark, you're halfway, you know what I'm saying? Um, the the other thing that Heenan yells at one point, which I thought was great, yeah. he yells, what are you doing, you peacock? <laughs> <laughs> which is, that's what Ravishing Rick Rude was, right? I mean, yeah. he was preening and prancing because he was so good looking. Yeah. Well, I mean, so he calls him a his, peacock. Just look at his tights in this one. Oh, They're yes. The greatest tights Cheryl ever. Cheryl Roberts right there. On the, yeah. his lips right where his asshole would yeah. be. Well, those aren't, those, yeah, those aren't the Cheryl Roberts. That would come after this. But yeah, this is like the proto idea. version same of the Cheryl Roberts. Cheryl Roberts, yeah. The face tights. And Jesse talks about him the entire match. Yeah. He's well, so enamored with him because Jesse in the back of his head is like, damn it, I could have done that. Yeah. Right. Jesse Ventura is like, fuck, why didn't I do those tights? Why did I, yeah. why did I steal Billy Graham's idea? Yeah. We said it, Jess. You stole it from Billy Graham. Everyone knows it. Right. But Just remember, like, Jesse taught him everything he knows. So. But, 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 yeah. but obviously, Billy Graham didn't teach him everything he knows. Got it. Mm. Anyway, thank you, Gorilla Monster. <laughs> yes. So that goes to a time limit draw, thus giving the one man gang a buy, which is probably the most important buy of his entire life. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, because his two, his three minute debacle he just put out there. They just... <laughs> the, but I, what I like about this match is the Excuse crowd me. is really into this match. Yeah. There, there's They're a couple of. They're for seven minutes. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, no, but they are, though. Before the rest. They're really into this. You know, they're real. I mean, there's a lot of heat on Rude. Jake is pretty over. There's a couple of DDT teases that the crowd just explodes for. And, of course, when Damien comes out, everybody loves Damien. With the exception, of course, of Donald Trump's first wife. Yes. (laughs) If you guys know this story. Well, I forget her name. It was the first Ivanka, one. Ivanka, isn't it? Ivanka? Yeah, Ivanka Trump. No. no. Marla Maples. No, it is before Marla No, Marla Maples is, is WrestleMania 5. Yeah. The next year, oh, he's there with Marl Maples. So, so this, so this is Ivanka. This is before yeah. they got to I can't. Stormy Daniels, Melania. I can't keep them all well, straight. Well, no, no, no. What I'm saying is, but the thing is, the next year, he's there with Marla Maples. And it's like, I was like, no, big controversy at time. But it's like so funny because um, at one point, of, she leaves, right? I mean, she's gone. <laughs> well, the story goes that yeah. Jake Roberts, you know, because uh, uh, Donald Trump is sitting front row yep. opposite the hard camera. You can see him plainly. Yep. Plain as day. The story goes that Jake Roberts, when he came out, he saw that Ivanka was not watching the card, that she was turned away from the ring. She was drinking champagne and talking, whatever. So he got kind of mad about that. So when he chases them out of the ring with Damien, (laughs) he comes by and he wanted to scare her by running kind of near her with Damien and apparently whipped Damien's tail around and and hit her with Damien's tail. And she was furious. And you talk about Marla Maples. Maples was later quoted as saying that she was like shrieking at her bodyguard. You should have shot the effing snake. You imagine that? <laughs> a live I, on pay-per-view coast to coast. <laughs> I had a hard enough time when Tugboat killed uh, 
Yeah. Snake oh, snake. I, I don't think I could have handled a snake getting shot. Yeah. <laughs> How do you shoot a snake out of somebody's arm? That's what I want. Who's this guy? The Carefully. fucking phantom? I mean, just... <laughs> Yeah. You get a ghost who walks at ringside? I, didn't, I missed that, you know? <laughs> oh, Maybe it's the shadow. I don't know. Yeah. Clouds men's mind. But, yeah, so, you know, Jake Roberts always won making smart career decisions. I was like, what a drug addict. It's like, <laughs> I'll show her. It's like, shut up, Jake. You're getting paid, man. You worked, and, you uh, worked 15 ra- minutes. Shut up. Yeah. yeah. And Ravishing Rick with the hip taunt, the greatest taunt in professional wrestling, yeah. I think. Mm, in every oh. video game, man. That's awesome, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So that draws the end of round one. So they had to put a match between the rounds. So what they gave us was Herc the Jerk with Bobby Heenan versus the Ultimate Warrior. So Hercules Hernandez, um, who was looking quite large at this time, he always was big, but he was looking quite large. Not and as then, big as Warrior. No, no. The Ultimate Warrior. He just broke the record in the two twenty. You know, kind of thing. Sprints to the ring. Right. <laughs> He's an idiot. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> Just just sprints to the ring, and, okay, so, obviously, they, they remind us of the fact that they had the tug of war where they're pulling on the chain, the chain snaps between them, right, whatever. So, Hercules brought a real chain to the ring, and the people said the problem was it wasn't a gimmick chain at all, it just was a real chain from a hardware store. So, it actually had all the little knobs and stuff like that that chains have like that, you know, that right. are razor sharp. And the problem becomes... Guys would get cut on those because, like, it's real sharp, and you're not expecting it to be sharp and get your hands on it. Um, the the idea of swinging the chain around your head. Who thought this was a really good idea? <laughs> I'm just wondering who thought this was a good idea because it is so amazingly dangerous to everyone at ringside. If the chain comes out of his hand or something happens, he could have killed somebody with the chain. Oh, yeah. That thing's going. Yeah. I mean, that's probably, what, 40, 50 pounds of real chain? If at not least. more. Yeah, it's heavy. Yeah. It, it, it's, and the warrior's swinging that thing like it's nothing at the yeah. end. If he slips, yeah. somebody in the balcony's getting killed. But let's be honest. It's not like Ultimate Warrior never screwed up before. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, he screwed up this whole match. He no-sells oh. friggin' everything. It's boring oh, as yeah. hell. It oh. is, it is a mean, bad match. It is four minutes you, of this. All right. All right, and, and 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 he's not even, you know. I mean, I what my my have one note. <laughs> Warrior versus Hercules. What a difference a year makes. Right. Let's turn the clock ahead one year. In one year's time at WrestleMania five, Hercules Hernandez is a babyface on the curtain jerking match fighting Haku. Yes. Okay. The Ultimate Warrior is the defending Intercontinental Champion. Right. Who ends up losing to Ricky Rude, but he's the Intercontinental Champion in a year. He's come from being this crazy newcomer to being the number two babyface in the company in one year. And Hercules has gone from being a mid-card heel to being a bottom-of-the-card babyface. Yeah. So two guys going in opposite directions yes. in this match. They pass and the I like her. I like Hercules Hernandez. Um, you know, uh, again, just one of those classic guys after, after his stint as a baby face where he feuded with Heenan for a while, he would get repackaged with your boy, Paul Roma, God. uh, the greatest of the horsemen into, um, you know, power, sour and gory as, uh, as the Legion of Doom called them. Uh, yeah. So obviously not th- this is kind of Herc's on the downward trajectory of a career that, you know, I mean, Herc was never going to be a world champion here in the U S so, yeah. but. Yeah, what a difference a year makes yeah. for these two guys. Yeah, well, just a bad match. So, 
Anyway, yeah, but they had to much. do something to get us ready for the epic encounter. Andre versus Hogan 2 to kick off round 2 of the tournament, the quarterfinals. Andre the Giant with Ted DiBiase and Virgil versus Hulk Hogan in a match that everyone after, I mean, you know, I mean, it was huge, dude. That was like, that was the draw that you guaranteed to see Hogan versus Andre. And I mean, it's, it's crap, but, uh, you know, for, for like compared <laughs> to the match, compared to the WrestleMania three match, it's garbage, but you know, it, and it, compared to their match on the main event, it's not very good. Right. I mean, I mean, even, even disre- disregarding, Irregardless yeah. of the finish to the match on the main event, right? The yeah. actual match on the main event was better. Yeah. But about the only thing that I like about this is it does start very quick, and yeah. Andre is not—he's not, not going to be in there for a long time. Andre's health has unfortunately deteriorated yeah. quite a bit in the calendar year between WrestleMania three and WrestleMania four. Yeah. Andre is in a lot of pain. You can see it as he's moving. But that being said, his heel persona is so aggressive. And, you know, and he relies on chokes and nerve holds. It Hogan is doing a good job of being sold that the giant is basically crushing him. Yeah. And so I do like that aspect. But this match is such a letdown. Yep. You know, you, you've built this. They're on the friggin' poster, Hogan and Andre. Yep. Yeah. And Andre's and got only, that great... And they only give him five minutes. It's like... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, and they, I mean, the story, the story of them, I mean, especially Andre, this is, I mean, Andre, as much as this story, this, this, the story of WrestleMania four is Randy Savage. Andre is all over this card. Yeah. You know, but, and, and, and the finish of this, the finish of this to me is absolutely as dumb as the one man gang, bam, bam finish was. This is worse. This is worse because that was kind of a botch yeah, because, well. That's no, true. no, it was because was not supposed to get back on the apron. I yes. mean, it's pretty clear that it's kind of a cluster. This is just badly booked. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, referee Joey Morella, Hogan's boy, Joey Morella, senior official, sees Hogan hit Andre with the chair blatantly right. and does nothing. He doesn't call for the bell. He then waits almost a full minute. Before Andre gets the chair, they fight over it, then Andre hits him and then calls for a double disqualification. That is, pardon my French, bullshit. That's yeah. absolute bullshit. Hogan loses that match. If if the roles are reversed and Andre hits him with the chair first, then he's then he's disqualified. We'll see later that the one man gang is disqualified for missing with a foreign object. <laughs> Which in my in my mind, if you miss with a foreign object, you have you don't get disqualified. Generally, that's one of the universal rules of professional wrestling, right? You have to actually hit somebody with the foreign object first. Yeah. So, so why is Hogan not disqualified immediately? Why does it, you know, Hogan's boy Joey Morella? I think it's Morella. I, 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 you know, I, I Morella usually refereed most of Hogan's matches. Why does why don't they call for the bell? And it's because they both need to go out. It's like so either Hogan screwed it up or the ref screwed it up. Because it's like if you're, you know, is, is he is he is the ref supposed to not see them? It's 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 just a really dumb finish. Well, yeah, I know. Like, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you have booked it where they're fighting outside the ring for ten seconds together, and then you can then it's an easy double disqualification without it being stupid. Right, and, and that makes so much more sense with the two of them because they just want to keep hitting each other and keep fighting. And Andre, once he's out of the ring, has a hard time getting back in the ring. Well, I think also they wanted to keep them in the ring so to make them. I mean, it, it, it put them up high enough where you could see it. It was yeah. showcasing them. That's really what it was. I mean, I agree, Chris, that, you know, it would be better to have that happen outside. But they're trying to showcase them in the ring. And they didn't get a lot of time. So you want to make sure you have as much time as you can 
with Hogan and Andre in the ring together. The the one thing in this match you see what Andre does when he like drops into Hogan, like Hogan's on the ground and he like doesn't knee him. He drops his body into him. Like, oh God, like, <laughs> like he's just dropping like, uh, here's my thigh. It's like, oh my God. And Hogan's like, 550 pounds of French ring coming at you. Yeah. But I mean, and, and I, don't, I don't think it's a lot of Hogan acting like he's getting hurt. No. I think Hogan's getting hurt. I'm just saying. <laughs> I you don't know, think that, that man is fixing it, Daddy. I think he's breaking it, you know, kind of thing. Know, I mean, you know, the thing with the thing with Hogan and Andre is that for whatever whatever your opinion of Hulk Hogan as a backstage politician, as good for wrestling, bad for wrestling, somewhere in the middle, you know, him he respected Andre so much and will have always talked so highly about Andre. Anytime you get Hogan talking about Andre, it's nothing but praise. It's one of the few people that Hogan will always put over is Andre the Giant. And so the two of them working this long program together, you know, it, they were it was a good match. You know, Hogan wasn't going to work every day. Andre couldn't work every day anymore. You know, they, 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 they obviously trusted each other in the ring. You know, they, they, they knew what they could and couldn't do. So having them together makes a lot of sense. And from a storyline standpoint, there was a ton of heat and a ton of value in putting Hogan and Andre together. But, you know, Andre was just not physically up to this. And it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's, I mean, to me, it's kind of a swerve to book this whole thing, showcasing this matchup and then have this matchup be crap. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's very disappointing. I'm a huge Andre, Andre the giant fan. I have been since I was a little kid and just, I'm, I, uh, as an aside, we're a few weeks away from the debut of that HBO Andre documentary that's coming out, which yeah. looks fantastic. And I'm very eager to see that. But, uh, yeah, th- this was just really disappointing to me. Even, you know, to me, their their clash at the main event, like I said, was better. Even them at Survivor Series was better because that was a shorter clash. But Andre, I think, I think it worked better from a story standpoint with Andre, you know, uh, you know, the, the Hogan and trying to run the gamut on the team and Andre grabbing him and just tossing him around and stuff. Yeah. So even though it was a shorter encounter and Andre goes over, which, of course, was was great for the build up to uh, WrestleMania three. But, you know, here it just it, uh, it it's just disappointing. That's the only word to really yeah. describe this. And then Hogan goes and poses out there for five minutes like a moron. Yep. And Jesse calls yeah. him on it. Yeah. <clears throat> he didn't win anything, Gorilla. Why is he posing? You know? Yeah. And, and he almost kills Virgil. He does. And he <laughs> almost kills Virgil because he doesn't want to back bump on the the uh, the, 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 the the walkway. Yeah. So he almost drops poor Virgil on his friggin' neck. Yeah. I mean, I feel bad for Virgil anyway, you know. But, jeez. It's like, come on, man. Don't suplex him out there then if you're that afraid of it. Yeah. Well. Just, just, just a this, – this, this, this whole segment left a bad taste in my mouth. Like I said, not just because I'm an Andre fan and Andre's not, not, in, not in great – physical shape here but then just all the hogan shit and it's and he's so over he's so over at this point that you knew they had to do this but watching it now it's frustrating yeah it is yeah you know and again whether you like hogan or not i don't I think even the most died in the world hogan fan couldn't have been happy with this right no yeah i don't think so i don't think you know yeah all right so up next we have ted dibiase taking on the rock don morocco with superstar billy graham at ringside um 
just another match, you know, kind of thing. Morocco does a lot of work. You can tell that DiBiase's kind of keeping in the tank because Morocco, again, is doing a lot of moves he has no business doing. Yeah, right. Uh, (laughs) But Morocco seems to do a lot of the work for this match. And then uh, DiBiase wins clean, which I think is fantastic. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're we're used to heels always having to cheat. Heels seemingly wins clean so rarely nowadays. It's kind of refreshing for a guy known for cheating like Ted DiBiase (laughs) to win clean. Yeah, yeah. But again, you know, yeah, not not not, a, not very remarkable. I'm saying not trying to chew up anything on DiBiase, giving him a chance. But now with Andre and Hogan both being eliminated, DiBiase goes right into the finals. At least yeah. that's what we see. Um, and then we have um, now we have Savage come out. Now what happens is they bring out the one man gang and say the one man gang gets a bye. Why'd you walk him out there for that? So that okay. he could go out there and go who? Yeah. So they walk, and then so then what happens is you have Savage versus Greg Valentine. Um, and you know what I love is as Valentine's walking in, gang is walking out, and they have to like brush past each other. Yes, that yeah. that could they used to start feuds that way on yes. Superstar. Yes, you know? yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, Samoa Joe, my clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Samoa Joe and Muhammad Yone had less of yeah. an interaction, and they almost killed each other in the ring. Yeah. That was insane. Anyway, that's another story from another day. Um, you know, another Muhammad good, Yone has the best hair in Pearl Wrestling. He does have a great, that out there. great head of hair. <laughs> Um, you know, another good match. We see a lot of Savage. You know, we see him cheat, not, not cheating, but doing his heel stuff. But now people are cheering it on because, you know, that's what he does. Yeah. Um, Valentine, of course, can always gives you a good match. You know, nothing, nothing spectacular. Again, another, the quarterfinal matches were either bad or just not memorable, you know, kind of thing. Um, which is the program a lot. Yeah, what I'm saying is it's just, just kind of fill it out, you know, kind of thing. So they yeah. had to get, there. I mean, this match only goes six minutes. Yeah. If I'm booking this, and I'm going to put on my fantasy booker cap, my fantasy booker cap, I have this match go closer to 15 minutes. Because, let's again, let's examine uh, Savage's path to the title. He fights the big strong guy in Butch Reed. Now he's got to fight the technician in Greg Valentine. And Greg Valentine should be tying him up in knots. And he should have a stint in the figure four, where he's got to really claw and dig and fight to get the rope break. Because right. this is before the counter to the figure four existed. Well, it did, but you had to watch the other channel. Had to watch the other channel, yes. Yeah. So you, it didn't exist over here. <laughs> so I, I would, I mean, again, so again, on paper, it's like, oh, he fights the big, strong guy. Now he fights a technician in the second round. This, it makes perfect sense. But again, uh, psychology is sacrificed at the altar of logistics. You can't have this match go that long. Right. Because right. There, there's too many matches they've got to fill in here. Yeah. So, so we get, again, we get a good match, uh, you know, with, again, Valentine and Savage are going to put on a good match, but they just don't have much time to work. Savage wins with a small package, which is fantastic, because we had already seen an elbow drop, so let's not spam out the elbow drop, and let's sell that, okay, he just got by Greg Valentine with a small package. Right. You know? So I'm, I'm, again, yeah, not not a great match, but. Yeah, but it serves its purpose. Serves its purpose in the story. And especially since now Savage has taken on one man gang in the the, uh, semis. Who's yeah. well rested, and then and then in the finals, you know, uh, you know, you have DiBiase who's now going to have a rest. So right. So look at that progression; it makes perfect sense. Yeah, exactly. You fought the big strong guy, then you fought the technician. Now you fight the monster who got a buy, and now you're fighting the best technical heel in the company who also had a buy. Right. Yeah. You know, he's really the underdog here. Right. Uh, at one point in this match, Valentine appears to deadweight Savage, which is hilarious. <laughs> because, because what I know of Greg Valentine, it may have been on purpose. It may not. Yeah, he might have forgot. 
<laughs> oh Greg, shit, I gotta move. You know, Greg Valentine's <laughs> always like he always looks like he's thinking like what's going on over here. Did I leave? Oh, the oh me, not? me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he forgets. So. Anyway. So that draws a close to the quarterfinals, and when we now have the Intercontinental title match featuring Brutus the Barber Beefcake trying to dethrone the Honky Tonk Man with Jimmy Hart and Peggy Sue. Peggy Sue, of course, is uh, Sherry Martell. Um, not uh, to be interesting. Yeah, interesting side note at house shows yeah. when Sherry wasn't touring, Peggy Sue was very often Jimmy Hart in drag. Yes, I was going <laughs> to say that. Um, Peggy Sue here played by uh, Sherry Martell, not by Jimmy Hart, um, as later <laughs> happened. And when Jimmy Hart got put, when when, when the um, what match was it? it was in W Magazine. It was on one of the things where he, the um, Honky Tonk Man, Jimmy Hart, was banned from ringside. So he comes out dressed as her and. He, and Whoever it is, it might have been Brutus, ripped all the clothes off. Him, yeah. And he had he had toilet paper stuffed in his bra. And he's yeah. wearing a bra and there's a picture of W magazine. And it's Jimmy Hart in a bra with his hands up and there's toilet paper going everywhere. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's classic. So um this is bad for an IC match. I felt I felt horrible because Honky Tonk Man had some great matches and this has moments that could be good. Once he gets knocked unconscious, though, and the referee is blasted in the back of the skull with the megaphone, you're just like, God, end this. End this. Poor Jimmy Hart's trying to go under the ring. What is Brutus taking 10 minutes under the ring with him for? Like, just drag him out. But he had to get the scissors out. He cuts Jimmy's hair. Uh, Which is nice. Yeah, when Sherry goes and gets the the whole thing of water and dumps it on him to wake him up. I like that. I, mean, I like that a lot. I, the the, the aftermath like, of this match long. is a lot. Yeah, no, no, I agree. But the <laughs> aftermath of this match is a lot of fun because yeah. this whole feud was based around Beefcake saying he was going to cut off uh, um, Honky Tonk's ducktail. Yeah. And so, th- so in okay, so we got somebody to get his hair cut off. You know, we got. I mean, I Peggy Sue throwing the water to me is hilarious. I just, yeah. I mean, it's really funny. But just for it's, long, it's like something out of a quicker. Warner. It, yeah. What'd you say? She should, if she got there quicker, it may have been better, but it just took forever yeah. to get there. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, it, it looks like something out of a out of like a Warner Brothers yeah, cartoon, right, throwing right, a big yeah. pitcher of water on yeah. it. He shoots uh, right the, awake. He undertakes yeah. it. He's like, whoa! You know. The thing is, is is that you got two guys more known for their charisma than their in ring skill, and oh, then you yeah. put them together in a title match. You know, <laughs> so uh, it's not not necessarily going to have good results. This is such a this is like the the typical two standard WWF guys having the standard WWF match. That's basically exactly. what this is. Exactly. It's. <laughs> Uh, and but but alone just for Honky Tonk's entrance, yeah. you know, with the with the the Honky Tonk Man song, which is fantastic. Yes, it is. Peggy Sue right beside me. Got the Colonel in the back and a cruise on down. My pink Cadillac. I'm a Honky Tonk Man. As uh, so, and and again, having having Sherry out there is great. I love at this point. Everybody basically knows it's Sherry Martell, but we're all pretending that we don't know it's right, Sherry Martell. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that that is uh, you know one one of two Martells on the card, I guess. But uh, and and at one point Brutus uses the high knee, which of course would yes. be his finisher as the booty man. Yes, the high knee <laughs> as the booty man. Oh, <laughs> uh, I wish we were joking about that, folks, but it's serious. All right, the, so the, this this that match does lead to one of my all-time favorite wrestling moments of all time. Full stop. Okay. Which is Bob Euchre interviewing Andre the Giant. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> yes. I got the money. I took you out of the tournament, Hulk Hogan. And then he grabs Euchre and chokes him well, in the greatest gif ever created. The thing is, no, before that, he goes, he, you, you mind getting your foot off my shoulder? Right? <laughs> and he just shakes him. 
and Euchre sells the <laughs> shit out of it, which is the best. I love it. You're like, oh my god, that right there, we just made, they go, oh, you know. <laughs> And, and so is there any fun. doubt why I loved Andre when I was a little kid? Yeah. I mean, the, the Andre is great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, but, uh, but that, this, that as, as, as again, and that is, that was in the, that was in like the uh, montage of WrestleMania moments for yes, years. It's awesome, dude. It's, it's one of the best <laughs> things to always have that in the moments. It's just outstanding. <laughs> the look on Euchre's face alone is worth it. So <laughs> that leads us to our six man tag match, which, um, what a waste this was. You had the yeah, Islanders man. and Bobby Heenan. Bobby Heenan wearing a dog uh, assault suit, whatever you want to call it, right? Yeah. Taking on the, the British Bulldogs and Coco Beware. Now, if you had said to me, Bobby Heenan's going to be the manager and Coco Beware might be outside the ring, fine. The Islanders versus Bulldogs is great. Yeah. I'd take that anytime. But with Bobby Heenan in there, he can't do anything. That stupid thing is too long. You know, and Matilda was never going to bite him ever. You know, kind of thing. Like, Matilda yeah. was just out there like, all right, great. That poor dog was so, like, out yeah. of it. Um, it, well, is, it is great to see. A couple of things. Couple of, go ahead, John. I was saying, it's great to see Tonga Tom um, out there, you know, when, when he was still move. Um, you, know, be, you know, before, you know, uh, you know, him and Roddy Piper teamed up and, uh, you know, had to make sure they won in Body Slam. Um, yeah. But Haku, I love Haku. Like Haku is a man. Freaking, this, is, this is young Haku when he's still, like, you know like had regular looking hair and stuff. And and they, and the gorilla goes, he has the best thrust kick, a thrust kick to compare with anybody's. It just goes, Oh, I know. And it's like, you know, without saying it, they're like, you see this guy right here. This guy is actually a tough guy. This guy could kill everybody. Like <laughs> Haku is, oh, I just love Haku. He's just such a cool guy. And you know, like he never was going to be champion. He didn't need belts and stuff like that. But it's like Haku was just total badass. And we get to see, you know, a relatively healthy Dynamite Kid in this match, yeah. which is yeah. crazy, and a, a not humongous but pretty big um, David Boy Smith. You know? and, <laughs> and, a, and a fairly in-shape Coco Beware yes. for that match. Yes. I mean, oh, you know, yeah. the, the thing, the, it's funny, the knock on Tama is that he's not as tough as Haku. It's like, well, Jesus Christ. Yes, sir. You know, it's like there are armies not as tough as Haku. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, I'm saying it was nice to see Tom, uh, Tom, uh, Oh, yeah. I mean, I, the move. classic Islanders are great. What I always liked about the Islanders is you look at them. Yeah. They look like baby faces. They're wearing bright colors. Well, they were baby faces. Stuff. They were baby yeah, faces, yeah. but they didn't change nope. their outfits when they turned heel. Yeah. So I, I, I always yeah. thought that they were like these brightly colored yes. heels. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. I, I, remember uh, I had those jams. Remember those like, yes. uh, whatever, it looked just like their pants. I was like, this yeah. is always so cool. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. But, I'm talking about uh, jams, folks. We're going back to that's clothing. right. Going, yeah, this old, old school. school. But, uh, th- there's some really great just uh, just just spots in this. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Davy Boy presses Tama right over his head, and, yeah. and I know I know we got some Davy Boy Smith fans, uh, you know, here on the show. So, and then Coco does the double takedown with the uh, the the headlock yeah. and the the um, the head scissors. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was really nice. Yeah. I mean, Coco, you know, he was. Coco was a memorable guy because he come up with Frankie and he dance and sing and stuff. But he was always a kind of a lower card guy. But he could he could work pretty well for a, a guy his size, you know, some of the stuff that he did, yeah. you know, back then. So I thought that was pretty decent. Yeah. Um, the racism gets taken up a big notch. Oh my god. Yeah. As Jesse says, hey, you know, Heenan looks like a Chinaman, doesn't he? It's like, oh, you can't say that. And Gorilla's like, yes, he does. It's like, oh no, oh yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this was, this was that good old fashioned family eighties racism. Though. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> the thing is this. I love when Dynamite decides to headbutt Haku. Mm. Dynamite supposedly, you know, is supposed to have the hardest head in the business at the time, right? But he headbutts a South Island boy. Yeah. I don't think you want to headbutt a South Island boy. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, like, one of the universal rules of pro wrestling yeah, right he, there. He headbutts he bets Haku, and neither one of them sell it. That's the best Never part. Never sell it. I, that yeah. I did like. That but was neither good. one of them sold it. Like, it wasn't <laughs> like all of a sudden Davey Boy and like Dynamite grabbed his head. They neither one sold it. They were like, what are you doing? You're supposed to sell this. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. You know, because it's not working. So, uh, but. You I know what? That. I think as as just a little thing that could help Roman Reigns get over, give him a really hard South Island boy head. Yeah, well. Right? Yeah. I mean, they play up the Samoan aspect. Why not? What yeah. could it hurt, right? Yeah, it can't be worse than the bullshit we're getting now. It can't be worse than, you know, suffering succotash, yeah. you know that? I'll, I'll never forget that. I'm That's... sorry. The man got paid to go on TV and say that. Yeah. He's, and he's not a cartoon cat. Yeah. Just putting it out there. Anyway. All right. So we but, are... Uh, we... Yeah, not... Um, I do... And I did like the finish where... Oh, yeah, yeah. Haku and Tama pick up... Yes. Heenan, who was out like a like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> they threw him on top here. <laughs> threw him yeah. on top, and Heenan's like, what happened? What? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's because yeah. Heenan's a great heel. I mean, Heenan's always yeah. been a great heel. But it just was so funny. It's like, oh, this match could have been good. You didn't need Heenan and Coco in there, but it's fine. I mean, you know, it, 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 the problem is it just wasn't, it wasn't, I don't think, where it could have been. And, he, and knowing full well the Islanders and Bulldogs, when they wrestled, there was always so much a better match than that, but... It, it was well, fine. Again, this match just doesn't have the time to develop. It yeah. only has seven minutes. Yeah. And, you know, a good tag match, a good tag match really needs about at least ten minutes. Yeah. If you're going to showcase both teams and have somebody play Ricky Morton and get the hot tag and stuff. Yep. You know. So, yeah. I mean, it could have been better, but I, I was I was just happy to see everybody involved. I was happy to see the Islanders, who I'm a big fan of, you know, and Davey and Dynamite, always glad, always happy to see them. I, yeah. I You know, just, just two really talented guys who unfortunately both uh, died way too early, or, you know, both were taken way too early yeah. from uh, from competition, so. Yeah. All right, so that leads us to our semifinal match, because Ted DiBiase gets a bye right into the finals, and it's Randy Savage with Elizabeth versus One Man Gang with the Slickster. Woo! Ooh, yeah, woo. Hey. Man, I like One Man Gang, but, like, like at this point. I, I know, I, I'm, 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 I, I like some, uh, Jay will tell you, I always liked weird people. I was the gang, but uh, I like one man gang too. It's just that, like, I mean, four minutes is all we get here, and it's a DQ right. finish, so which you know. is stupid. And and Gorilla even says that he goes, "Why would you do this? Yeah. Why would you take the weapon?" Right, <laughs> right. He doesn't even manage to hit. I mean, he does hit him with the cane, but the ref never sees it. The ref right. sees him miss with the cane. Yeah, and the gang is disqualified. Yeah. <laughs> I will say this is a better match than the gang's earlier match. Yes, well, but yeah. I guess when you're on the bottom, it's a little more to go up. Big up, stupid up, you know. I mean, uh, you know, Gary from Spartanburg moves around pretty good, you know, in, in this match. He gets a good couple of good punish spots on uh, on on Savage. You know, he really gets he gets to work him over a little bit. He misses the 747, which I thought was was interesting. And then it looks like they're going to do a punish beatdown spot after the the match, right? Which again. On paper, that's what you do, right? Yeah. You know, you lose by DQ. Okay, they're going to leave him laying, and he's going to be helped back by Elizabeth. Yeah, but then Savage you know. only got 12 minutes to come get better. So, right. You know, anyway. But they don't really do that. I mean, no. you know, they, they, they kind of tease it, and then it doesn't happen. Yeah. So, not again. You know, it's funny is that this is probably one of the one-man gang's most successful and well-known outings on yeah. a pay-per-view. 
Right. For WWF, but right. he doesn't, he, he's not, a, he just doesn't have a good night. He's yeah. just, it's, I mean, Gang, again, not a, not a technical guy, but for a monster, Gang could work a lot better right, than this. Right, right, right. So, so that is, again, okay, not, not great. You know, Savage going over by DQ makes sense. Again, they protect the elbow drop again. We don't see it. Yeah, he'd be all I'm almost surprised they let him use it in the first match, frankly. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Retrospect. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think they were trying to get, you know, the fans hot behind Savage and really make sure they had the right guy. So, uh, the next one up is that the uh, tag title match demolition with Masafuji taking on strike force, Rick Martel and Chico Santana, who were the champions. Um, so, uh, I mean, I liked strike force. I thought that was a good pairing. Um, yeah. but I was actually a very big fan of the can, uh, the can connection. Right. Um, not to be confused with the Canon Express, which I also liked, even if both Doug Furness and uh, Phil LaFon both tried to tag out of the ring at the same time. Um, yeah, and not to be confused with the U.S. Express, yes. which is just a whole different thing yeah, altogether. Well, the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah. So it, yeah. it goes, goes on and on. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm just saying Strike Force, uh, you know, a good team. This was, you know, when they lose the belts here to, uh, to Axe and Smash, because they, you know, Axe and Smash, of course, are cheating. Um, I liked Demolition as a kid because they reminded me of the Road Warriors. And yeah. then as I watched more of them, I got so disappointed with them because they were not the Road Warriors. Mm. Like, yeah. it, it's, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, when you see the powers of pain, you're like, wow, they want to be the Road Warriors. And you're like, okay. Yeah. And they're not really as good. But you watch Demolition and they were pushed to the freaking moon. And you're like, these guys aren't really that good. Like, uh, he's like you see, that, that that's the difference. Because for... You know I like Demolition. Yeah, yeah, Always yeah. did like Demolition. The thing about Demolition is that, yes, were they Vince trying to do the Road Warriors? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But they were Vince's Road Warriors, and they worked in the WWF because of the other teams they had to right. work with. Yeah, no, I agree. Act, you know, Hawk and Animal, Yeah, Jesus, they had to be in the shape they were in for the kind of stuff that they were doing. They're yeah. like, oh, we're going to go tour Japan for six weeks, and then we're going to go tour Puerto Rico for six weeks, and we made money, you yeah. know? <laughs> Demolition is working. Yes! How... Yeah, and we made money. Then we teamed up with Kensuke Sasaki. We taught him the warrior work, the, the road warrior workout, and then we all made money. But <laughs> you laugh, Chris. That is the entire shoot interview. That's, yeah. that's, that's the entire animal that. shoot interview. Yeah. It's like, so, Animal, tell us about your early childhood. Well, I worked a paper route, and I made money. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we used to throw the papers through the house and then beat you know. But the uh, demolition, you know, they were working the WWF schedule. So they were agree, working yeah. house shows, they were working TV, you know, they were, and then the, the four pay-per-views. So for for what the, the teams that they were working with, yeah. especially as heels, demolition was. Un- I mean, they had the they had the look, they had the style that was different from everybody. Even the other heel teams didn't look or act like them. I mean, they, and they are over like like uh, like the bee's knees in this match. When yeah. Smash comes out to start the match and just pounds. And pounds on, I think it's Ricky Martel to start the match. The crowd is going crazy. Yeah, the the pro- crowd is solidly behind the heels in yeah. this match. I'm just it's got to be New Jersey. That's right, all you think. I'm just saying is the problem is it's just that like knowing what the Road Warriors were doing, you're like this is like the poor man's version of Road Warriors. And I understand they're supposed to be different, but it's always that it's 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 the it's the Hogan Flair thing. It's the you yeah. know it's it's the different kind of thing. Like the Road Warriors when they would come out, I mean they were just but they were taking on everything. And, you know, the, the demolition, you were like, demolition couldn't do that, you know? And, 
It's fine. Well, I mean, that, and that's why they worked a different style. I mean, yeah. the de- what's what's demolitions besides the demolition decapitation, of course. You know, which I, which I, we we talked about this back in the finishes one. That's kind of like the WWF version of the Doomsday Device, right, yeah. essentially. Yeah. You know, yeah. the Doomsday Device is just terrifying. Yeah. You know? So, but think about what what's the what's the spot? If you picture, I say to you, axe and smash. What do you picture? The two of them double axe handling yes. somebody into the ground, yeah. and that I mean that was there. There was no teams didn't work that way. Yeah. For Vince. So they and they you know and they had they were one of the few that had a you know a, a recognizable song that wasn't friggin' girls in cars, girls you know in cars. in cars. And and I I really enjoyed this match because to me demolition is like the definition of the heel WWF tag team. And then in my mind when I you tell me white need babyface tag team strike force is it. <laughs> I am so serious. <laughs> two 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 guys who are. Really not very white meat, but yes, I agree with you. Luke. No, but you—they're white need, not yeah. white meat. You oh, know, yeah, no, yeah. you got white need baby faces. Yeah. You know, you got two good-looking, well-built guys who had you know good hair, yeah. good faces, good physiques. They were tanned. Good teeth. They were light. Good. They did have good teeth. They wore light trunks. You know, they had an exciting. Um, they 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 were a kind of a high energy, high tempo team. Yeah. You know. I mean I that that is a white knee baby face tag team, isn't I'm, it? Yeah, I'm I'm just saying though. It's just I mean it's like if you if you put them and the young stallions in a stable. Oh yeah, yeah. You you could have them lose to the horsemen up and down the, any. <laughs> <country> <laughs> You know, uh, it, you know, Tully and Arn would beat the shit out of them every night, and they would draw so much money. Yeah. But uh, no, but I, I, I like this match. I, I like that uh, they got some time to work. Yeah, this, this was is, this the, is the longest I mean, this match. This is the, the second card. longest match on the card. That, that, you know? Yeah, that, that actually wasn't a match. It wasn't just a draw. You know, right? So I mean, uh, I'm not I, saying it wasn't a good match. I, I, I think demolition winning was important. It makes sense. Um, it sets up Strike Force to eventually, you know, split apart and stuff like that. But it just I mean, to me, demolition always kind of rings a little hollow yeah. um, when you think of the Road Warriors, but they worked really well there, and demolition was so over. And that's why people are like, how come you guys never jump ship somewhere else? Why would you jump ship? Yeah. This makes sense. This works here, and I get that. But yeah. you know. And and what I, I do like also in this, uh, Tito gets to hit the flying forearm. Yep. The and flying then Ricky burrito. Martel, flying burrito. Yeah. He learned that in the Mexican Football League, the MFL. Will you <laughs> suck? <laughs> That's so racist. Yes, yeah, so, so racist. Yeah, uh, and then and then Ricky Martel gets to put on the Boston Crab, so we yeah. get to see both of their finishers, yeah. which I thought was a nice touch. Yeah, which is good. And uh, we don't get the demolition decapitation, but we do get a sort of variant on it, right? Where again, it's uh, Tito is is uh, is is playing Rick um, Ricky Morton, and he gets he gets picked up in like a uh, like an inverted atomic drop position or a spine buster position by Smash. And Axe is on the outside, and he lariats him right. from the from the apron yeah. to knock him down. Which right. I thought was a cool spot, you know. Yeah. Again, that that's that's kind of a Road Warriors type thing, also. Right, right, right. You right. know, to hit a guy when you're on the outside type right. of thing. Yeah. Anywhere you're near him, you're not safe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Any, uh, yeah. Anytime you were within striking as a Road Warrior, you're never safe. And yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's so a I, good I, spot, I yeah, I mean, the sad part is, is that the tag team title match should not be my favorite match on a WrestleMania card. Yes. <laughs> Where there's no, well, it shouldn't be, especially when there's a tournament to crown the new champion, right? And and a murderer's row of talent on the card. (laughs) The problem is WrestleMania three is remembered as being such an amazing event and all this stuff like that. People were kind of look back at four and go, yeah, I remember four, the title. 
and they remember it being better than it was. You know what I'm saying? When you yeah. look at this, you're like, man, these guys underperformed. They didn't use them well. The booking's bad. They're too short. It's just hard because you know what they could have done. But with the, having the tournament format, you kind of were forced into certain, you know, situations. But whatever. Well, and it was and it was hard to promote. Yeah. Yeah. When you only have, you know, four guaranteed ma- well, you know, more than that, but a lot of these matches are not Yeah. are not um, you know, uh uh you you can't promote a lot of the matches right. because they're not they got to be set up by the tournament. You can't break the kayfabe there. Right. So I mean, that's I think that's why Hogan and Andre were the big push for this whole thing on the poster and on everything else, but be yeah. thing. So, well, that leads us folks to our Main event for the uh, WWF World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, that would be Randy Savage with Miss Elizabeth and Ted DiBiase with Andre Giant still in his wrestling gear, which I love. Um, the Andre trips Savage early on in the match, and the referee goes, what do you do? He goes, nothing. And he puts his hand that. up, like, what are you talking about? I'm standing right here. Right? <laughs> it's so no, I, funny. Yeah. Because, I'm like... The- Everyone in the whole arena knows they're cheating, except the referee. And everyone's like, they're cheating! They're cheating! Like, stop yelling, kid. They ain't going to see it. Yeah. Can I make one, a couple of comments about the celebrity stuff before oh, the match? Okay, yes, sorry. Euchre finally, okay, Euchre is coming down to the ring. Yes. Some mook jumps out of the crowd. He looks like, like, uh, like, um, like, what What was, what was the, that, that, Robert, Robert Morton? Rob? Oh, um, Robert, um. Oh yeah, I know you're talking about the guy. He, he's because the guy's got a cigarette. He looks yeah. disheveled. He looks like he just Morton got thrown Downey out. Jr. Morton, Morton Downey, Downey Jr. Downey that's Jr. Who he looks like. I kept saying Ricky Morton. It's like that's not Ricky Morton. Looks like Ricky Morton. White beat baby face. Yeah. Right. Ricky Morton. Robbie Gibson. No, but uh, right. so, so Ricky the movie fucking comes... Morton. As we said, like <laughs> if, hey, if Ricky Morton jumped the rail yeah. and ran up if, to Bob Euchre, yeah. that would have been cool. Ricky fucking Morton. probably right. wasn't going to happen. Yeah. But in any event, so this mook jumps the rail and runs up. And and he's got the cigarette and everything, and and Euchre plays it off. He kind of slaps the guy on the shoulder and says, "Hey, how you doing?" You know, and keeps because he he you know he's Bob he's Bob Euchre. He's used to crazy stuff, right? And so then Vanna comes down, and Vanna is now surrounded by uniformed police. Yes. And yeah. security. Yes. Did, did you see that? Yes. Because oh, they yeah. now they said because I guarantee you backstage Vince is at gorilla position, probably losing his mind. Yeah. That somebody jumped the rail and was with you know put their hands on one of his one of his celebrities. Right. I mean, if somebody goes up and gropes Vanna White or something. Oh my god. You know that. I mean, that's oh a my huge god. Hustle. So <laughs> he's like, get get the cops out here. Get the, you get that you escort her to the ring. And then when the whole time she's got security around. Yep. Yeah. So and and then um, and then when Robin Leach comes down, they do the same thing. So, you know, it's uh, and and Leach is like showing everybody the belt, but he's trying not to let them touch it at the same time. You know. So it's like it's just a lot of celebrity bullshit, and you can see things are starting to break down because you know that you know again everyone's probably been having a few. We're in we're in Atlantic City, yeah, it's still a family show, but we're still in yeah, yeah, yeah. 1988 Atlantic City. This is not not you know nowadays. necessarily family friendly time here. So yeah. yeah, so I just thought that was funny that they don't care if Euchre gets accosted, but nobody puts their hands on Vanna White. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> So, you know, I mean, and then Euchre gets gets his kiss from Vanna yeah. and he can't talk. He's stumbling yeah. all over himself. Stumble, and, it's, and they, they sell it, though. They do sell yeah. it. Though. No, that, that was OK. I didn't mind that. Yeah. I mean, the this match as a kid, it was one of those matches. You're like, 
man, like they, they're going to finally, they're going to put the belt, not on Hogan. Like it was just, just, you couldn't believe you're in a point where is it Randy Savage could be champion, but deep down inside, you knew it had to be Savage, but I guarantee you a lot of people were like, come on, give it to DiBiase. How great would it be for DiBiase to be champion? But he never was going to be champion because Vince McMahon doesn't like heels and he can't handle a heel being a champion more than a transition. So the my issue with the match becomes when Savage is pointing to Elizabeth how to go out, he's walking around the ring pointing where for her to go. And I understand that. DiBiase just walking behind him. Right? Because he's <laughs> waiting for him to finish before he punches him. I'm like, yeah. Wait, why yeah. is he pointing like that? And he's showing her, just go, no, because he doesn't want her to get, because he's waiting for security to pick her up. Because they had right. security up the line, right? And I understand that. But DiBiase, he's a heel. Wouldn't he have driven a right. knee in his spine or something? But no, he just waits. Yeah. You already know that DiBiase was more than okay than driving a knee into somebody's kidney when they yeah. weren't looking right. earlier in the night. Yeah, so. right. We, we, we've already established that a knee to a kidney can totally happen. Yeah. Um, and and I don't, it's not that I have a problem with the match. It's just it's so funny when you see that now. Because as a kid, I totally forgot that. Like, I totally yeah. didn't even notice that. And then Hogan comes out. And Ugh. there's nothing, I think, that hurts this match more than Hogan being there. I mean, I guess Hogan's involved Hogan in the being finish. A because he couldn't, he couldn't stop. He had to have the limelight on him. Like this is this is the problem when Hogan, you know, when 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 the NWO formed and they had not figured out it was going to be Hogan as the third member, right? Hogan's like, oh, I better get myself in there. Like, like really? Like I get it, but like, come on. You well, know, but that in that example, it worked out for the best. No, but I'm saying is, but like. Like Hogan always just trying to put himself. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but you know, and and the odd thing is, is I don't know that I'd ever notice this, but when Andre trips Savage, mm -hmm. there's an immediate Hogan chant. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So they wanted Hogan out there. Now, could you have booked this? And again, uh, at, you know, all 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 booking meetings last until the first fake punch is thrown. Right. Could you have sent Hogan out there to brawl with Andre and maybe have them brawl back up the steps and then not have Hogan involved in the finish? Uh, that would have been obviously yeah. a better finish. But as again, even as we're seeing two men who so are guaranteed to get a new champion right. because it's Savage and DiBiase, yeah, yeah. they're still chanting for Hogan. Yeah. So, you know, it, I, yeah, I understand I where Vince is coming from here. Yeah. It's like they want to see Hogan involved in this. But is it, is it also, it's also looking back at things 30 years later, knowing full well, you know, the way thing at the time I wanted Hulk Hogan out there. I wanted Hogan and everything. Like I was a huge Hulkamaniac, which is hard to believe because I also was a Ric Flair fan. You're not allowed to be both, right. but I was <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like being a Shawn Michaels fan and a Shane Douglas fan. Yeah. You're not allowed to be both, but I am. You know, right. kind of thing. It's just when people are like, how can you root for Shane Douglas? I'm like, I love Shane Douglas. How can you root for Shawn Michaels? I love Shawn Michaels. Like, they're, <laughs> they're so diametrically opposite of each other. It's impossible. You, can't, you shouldn't be able to like both. But I was like, yeah, it's okay. Um, yeah. But, I mean, as a kid. Well, again, you know, I don't mean to keep referring to him, but Universal Rules Professional Wrestling, you can cheer for whomever you want. Yeah. Well, you're not supposed to cheer for uh, Shane Douglas. Even if it's not the right choice, right. you can still cheer for them Well, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I mean, I'm a Shane Douglas fan and a Ric Flair fan. It's kind of a problem, you know, but yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Anyway, um, you know, I think as a, as a kid, I wanted Hogan to be there. I thought it was important because Hogan was, you know, he's such a big champion. It's important to that. What I think what it allows to do, it really cements the mega power idea um, mm -hmm. that we, you know, fully cemented at um, SummerSlam, SummerSlam. 
And then the blow up on Saturday Night's main event when Liz gets hit and, you know, Savage is just like, you're more worried about her than you are me, brother, you know, kind of thing. Like, that when the mega powers exploded, you know, kind of thing, like, you're all leading to that. And I, I know mm-hmm. maybe maybe that wasn't the idea here. It's just we have to have Hogan out there involved and whatever. But I, I think Hogan was supposed to be out there the whole time. I don't think that was like a kind of a call on the fly. I think the problem is you have Hogan. If you had if you had Andre trying to like grab Savage and punch him, and Hogan stops him, and the two of them are mixing it up, and then in the ring Savage somehow manages to beat DiBiase without the interference, that might have made it look better for Savage. As it is now, it's a tainted win. You yeah. know, it's it's and it's always going to be that way. Oh, you never would have won if Hogan didn't use a chair on him. You wouldn't have like, ugh. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. It's it's hard. Yeah. You know, it to, is, but at the same time, I remember distinctly watching this and being really excited. Oh, sure. I had no idea because I was, I mean, I'm, I'm eight. Yeah, right. Not even yeah. eight. I'm seven. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm two years younger than you. So I'm two years less jaded in my pro progress yeah. viewing <laughs> experience at seven. And, uh, and I, I mean, I really didn't know who was going to win, you know? So Savage winning to me was exciting because yeah, it was something yeah. different. Say, so, you know, I had known Savage. I mean, obviously we had watched Savage fight George Steele and, uh, uh, Ricky Steamboat and Jake Roberts on Saturday Night's Main Event plenty of times, you know. So I, so it, it's like the idea of him being the big champion and being a babyface was was a a big deal to me, and I remember being a big deal, and it still is. I mean, yeah. this is really Randy Savage's. This is his coming out party, you know. This is where okay, Randy, we're gonna put the big belt on you. Now we only put the big belt on you because Honky Tonk refused to drop the Intercontinental title to you. Yes. <laughs> so we had to change the plans, which is why those brackets moved around. But that said, you know, sometimes things work out for the best. And Savage getting this win and becoming the the champion and getting a year-long reign as a heavyweight champion is important to the American pro pro wrestling scene in the 80s. And and it was a big deal. You know, Hogan was going to take time off. He went and made No Holds Barred after this. Yeah. You know, uh, what's that smell, Dookie? (laughs) Dookie! Anyway, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to say we're not going to cover No Holds Barred on this show, but I don't think we're going to cover No Holds Barred on this show. Damn it. Yeah. But I I didn't say we weren't going. I never mind. But in any event, so the, yeah, the ending of this is to me a little disappointing having Hogan out there, but it's just so cool to have Savage win the belt at the end of the tournament by beating DiBiase. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's a good feel good moment, even with Hogan out there posing and all that with him. You feel good for Randy Savage having gone through it. And again, looking at, on paper, how this played out, how his path and how everything was stacked against him. All the odds were against him, and he overcame them. It's a good one-night tournament story. And I I think that that the feel-good aspect of this, especially because it was Savage who won, it was something new and different, helps this pay-per-view. But when you really break it down, there's a lot of problems here, as we've discussed. But, you know, at the same time, it's, it is a, a fairly historic moment. So you got to give it some props for that. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, 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 that's the real big thing. By having something different, by having this be, you know, not just what everyone expected. I mean, I guess I mean, maybe you could have seen it was going to be savage, you know, whatever kind of thing. I mean, but I just be honest with you, I mean, I really was hoping for Ricky Steamboat. You know, I was yeah. like, like, you know, because Steamboat was far enough down on the other side where, you know, or, you know, he, he, I was hoping for Steamboat or, I mean, like, yeah, it could really work. I mean, that's, but again, 
when you again we're looking back at this 30 years later you know kind of thing and saying okay 30 years later i mean yeah at the time this was exciting i mean i mean when hogan won at wrestlemania 2 did anyone have a doubt he was gonna win i was jumping all over the place flexing out and doing the whole yeah. close down routine and my hulk hogan shirt i loved it you know i was a hulkamaniac it's okay you know? It was a Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling shirt, wasn't it? No, no, no. I, I did have one of those. No. Ooh, yeah, nice. That, that we, we each had one of those. Those were like, those it was were a sweatshirt, shirts. wasn't it? Yeah. What I had was a red shirt with a iron-on, Hulk Hogan wearing a red Hulkamania shirt flexing, and I did the whole pose down. Oh, my God. <laughs> nice. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes, he did. I knew it all. Dun, 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 to my own music, you know, kind of thing. You know, I didn't need <laughs> You know what? What is funny? I you know we're talking about kind of the build up to this and then what comes after this. It, it's it's a, a theory that I've I, I was thinking about it and I've seen others online espouse this also. But it's very interesting, kind of in retrospect, that WrestleMania three, WrestleMania four, WrestleMania five essentially form a trilogy. Ooh. In that you've got what the main story of WrestleMania three is Hogan versus Andre. Okay. Right. And Hogan slams Andre and hits him with the leg drop and pins him, and Andre is defeated. That still remains one of the biggest stories in WWF going forward for the next year is Hogan and Andre, Hogan and Andre, right. okay? And then that is one of the made. that is the story that leads to this. Hogan and Andre on the main event and all that leads right. to WrestleMania 4. At WrestleMania, now at the same time, Hogan and Savage become allies, thanks to Elizabeth, you know, on Saturday Night's main right. event and going forward. And their ally, their alliance is cemented further here okay savage wins the belt they continue to be allies savage continues to de- defend his belt they but the they successfully defeat uh the mega bucks at SummerSlam. right okay and they continue going on until they have their falling out and then at wrestlemania 5 it's hogan and savage and hogan wins the belt back so basically these now six which is hogan and the warrior mm-hmm. none of that is seated anywhere that all happens after five but if you look at the three of them as a progression, it made one kind of overarching story for three years, essentially, right. two and a half years in the WWF. So if they really do form this kind of like middle trilogy of the golden age of the 80s WWF, you know, and after that, things would get more with the addition of the regular edition now of um, the Royal Rumble and uh, SummerSlam and Survivor Series, and soon after that, the King of the Ring, you had storylines that now weren't taking a year to develop. Right. Now they could develop a storyline in six months or three months, you know, and, and that, then that gets kept getting more and more compressed as we added more major supercards onto the annual schedule. Uh, but by the time we get to WrestleMania 6 and then WrestleMania 7, I mean, WrestleMania 7, those storylines develop over about three months from the yeah. Rumble to WrestleMania. Yeah. Whereas here, they really are, Mania really is the crown jewel. Everything else kind of plays into Mania rather than, you know, we're here and then we're going to book this and then we're going to book this and then we're going to book this. Right, right. So I, that, that I liked. It's kind of being the middle chapter. It's the transitional chapter. We're transitioning away from Hogan as the in, invincible babyface champion to Savage, who we all got to know and love as a heel. You know, Hogan was a heel, but you're not supposed to remember that. Savage was a heel a couple of months ago, <laughs> right, you know, yeah. and Savage is this unpredictable, more crazy, you know, a bit given a crazy, weird promo. Not that Hogan's promo here made any sense. <laughs> so it was, Hogan's it was a promo here was like, I'm high. Yeah, yeah, I am so high right now. Pasta mania is running wild. Pasta mania. 
<laughs> Me and Lawrence Taylor just did a whole bunch of coke. Yeah. <laughs> We're Snickers bars and Mountain Dew. Whatever. Well, it was the 80s. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Do, a, do, a, do a line of coke and vote for Reagan. Vote for Reagan okay. every time. <laughs> um, but yeah. I mean, I, you know, the thing is, I mean, and, and again, I, I think the, you know, having having Hogan, you know, you know, the, the transitioning out of Hogan and stuff like that. I mean, things had to happen. You had you couldn't just keep staying with what you had because it wasn't going to just keep lasting. So um, I think this was good overall for the company, because I think if they had stayed with Hogan too much longer, you were going to start getting to the point where, like, what do we do now? And then it would be it would feel too forced. This felt more natural to be the progression over time, you know? Yeah, so. and we'd eventually get there because yeah. you know that's what that to me is seven, isn't it? Yeah. That's uh, you know Hogan's got to you know we got to we Warrior's a champ, but we can't have Warrior. He you know he doesn't draw as good as Hogan. We got to get the belt back on Hogan somehow, you yeah. know? Because yeah. that was that was Vince's solution to every problem. Yep. Until that you know they I mean he would have kept doing that if not for the steroid case. Yep. And the falling out with Hogan. I mean he would have kept riding that train for as long as he could. So again, sometimes things work out for a reason because of that steroid uh, scandal. Things changed, and we got different guys on the top, which led to, you know, uh, Ted Turner opening the checkbook, which led to WCW doing things. And and I do love that story so much from from Eric Bischoff's book. He talks about and he's and I've heard him tell this story on interviews and stuff too, where he talks about that he was going to meet with Ted Turner at um, at the you know at, at his office. Mm-hmm. And with the specifically what they he had asked for 15 minutes, and he, he was granted 15 minutes. They wanted to talk about international syndication of WCW programming and certain markets that they could get into with relatively low risk to get some more exposure and right. basically make a little extra money at a li- very low cost. Right. So that's what he has prepared. He's got all his numbers. He's got all the stuff. He's got it all ready to go. Present it to Ted Turner. Got his 15 minutes. Sit down. As soon as he walks in, they make introductions. Ted sits back and goes, what do we need to do to beat Vince McMahon? And so now now what he talks about in the book is that he already knew all these reasons because he had he had kept a list of what can I do to beat WWF. And so that launched into, well, we need we need an hour of primetime TV. We need to, you know, get these guys. We need to do, you know, he had all these reasons. And that was what led to Nitro and everything else. Yep. But I just think it's funny. you got to always be prepared in this business, right? You never know when opportunity is going to strike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. I was watching um, part of the Monday Night Wars uh, documentary. They had it on today on the network. And it's just that point where he's like, well, you know, these guys were free agents. We went and got them. Yeah. yeah, you know, Hall and Nash, man. And then DDP comes on and he goes, Hall and Nash, those are cool names. I'm like, thanks, Falkenberg. <laughs> thanks, Paige Falkenberg. I love DDP. He saved people's lives. But, man, sometimes you're like, Dallas, shh, shh, Dallas, shh. You know? I, I loved him on his Hall of Fame speech. I chewed bubble gum and smoked cigarettes and <laughs> yeah, all at the same time. <laughs> he's, a, he's, he's a character. Anyway, so uh, 30 years looking back at this. Um, you know, I know we were a little critical on some of the matches. I know some of you might be like, Oh, come on guys. I love that card. And, and go back and watch it. And you'll understand why we're being a little critical on things here because the talent level was so high. And I think some of the things just weren't given a chance. If you could have somehow cut down, not having 16 matches, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, the rum, the battle Royal was fine, but I think if there was a way to cut down, some of the stuff, like, I mean, did we really need, you know, um, 
I don't know. It's not much to cut out of here. It's not much time here, but it's like, like you know, the uh, I'm thinking like the Islanders and the and the Bulldogs, which was good. Like them, that part of the match was good. But whatever, could you cut that? Warrior and Hercules, could you cut that? I mean, I don't know if that makes the show better. I think what you needed was a little more time in some places. You know, let the match develop, let let the story be told. But you know, hey. Uh, it, it is what it is, and they promised you a four-hour epic, and it, and without the intermission, it clocks in at like three hours and thirty-eight minutes, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So, hey, pretty all decent. I, all I know is the big bloated thing that's coming up in a couple of weeks is going to be like five hours. Oh, and the, and that's end, not even, and not counting, not counting the pre-show. Yeah, the, the two which hour is going to have three matches on it. Yeah. So, I mean, and at the end, you're going to be like, God damn it, it was just fucking beat Roman Reigns already. I'm tired of this guy. No one wants him to win. Like, the, you know. I mean, no, that's not true. That is not true. Vince McMahon wants yes, him to win. Yes, that's the only guy. He's like, come on, why are these people booing him? It's Samoan named Joe. It's the guy they want. That was not <laughs> the other day when he got beat down with the chair, everyone in the fans like, keep going. No, no, don't stop. Please, Brock. Just keep beating him. So, anyway. Well, um, that's that's why I said as far as, you know, WrestleManias and any Supercard, really, it's what you get out of it. If you – this is one that, you know what, when – Jay and I were kids. We had a several WrestleManias on tape. This was one of them. Oh, we yeah. used to watch the hell out of this yeah. because it was wrestling, yeah. and we were just two wrestling. Oh, yeah. I, had a, I, had a, I had a great time watching it. It was fun. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched it in probably fifteen years. Now, Chris, so. you, know, did, you did not see this when it happened live, right? No, I did not. Okay, I was I was never uh, fortunate. I, if I ever saw a pay per view, it was after it was on home video. Okay. No, I was just wondering if you saw it, like, okay, because I know, I mean, Luke and I did not see many a pay-per-view, but there wasn't many to see, but it, because, and they were expensive at the time. This might've been twenty nine ninety right? You know, kind of thing, or like yeah. nineteen ninety nine. like it was insane. Like to rent a movie was four ninety nine. you got the channel for a week, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it was not unheard of for this. And I mean, for my parents to, to plunk down the money for it, we're like, yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Like yes, like we are on our absolute best behavior. You are trying so hard not to argue over anything. You're like, I really don't want to miss WrestleMania, and you know, uh, I mean, as Luke said, we had a few of these. I remember getting one of the Royal Rumbles from our cousin because we weren't we didn't Royal Rumble was not one we were going to get. We borrowed it from Danny and copied it. We watched the hell out of these things. Wrestling wasn't as it va- wasn't like it is now. It wasn't available 24 hours a day on demand. You know, yeah. you had to wait till Saturday morning, you know, to watch Superstars or yeah. Challenge. Or, and eventually you would watch, uh, you know, Friday night on WCW's Friday night, the Power Hour. The Power yeah. Hour! And then you'd watch the Mothership, you know, and then you'd have... Yeah. Main, it just was like you planned... And Sunday, Sunday mornings when Dad would tape Saturday night's main event. Yeah. Oh, That my was God. always a good Sunday morning, yeah. Oh, that was the best. <laughs> it's like, there's a new Saturday Night's main event. Oh, right. my God. We tried so hard to stay up for them, too. We're like, we're going to stay up, Dad. We never did it. Yeah, they started at 11. The only time we did it was actually the main event. And that remember, weren't, we, weren't, we, weren't we in New Rochelle? No. For the main event? No. The main event, we were. it was a Friday night. Mom was out for some reason, but Dad, we watched it at Mom and Dad's room. He was taping in there. We were watching Mom and Dad's room, and when the, when the, when the count happens, we both jumped and go, no, are you kidding? Like, what is going on? This referee didn't see it. And then the two referees started fighting. I remember that because um, it was weird because mom was out for some reason. And it was like. Must have been seeing a patient or something. Yeah, whatever. But dad was yeah. like, oh, we're going to tape this. But it was on at 8 o'clock on a Friday night. 
right prime time on a Friday night was unheard of for wrestling. So you yeah. knew it had to be big. It had to be Hogan Andre. It, it had to be big, you know. <laughs> so, um, and I think that's one of the things too, because uh, I, I was one of my students was talking about. It. She she's uh, like a senior in high school, and she was talking about John Cena and The Rock and whatever. And I'm like, she's like, well, I really don't watch wrestling anymore, but you know, like I used to watch it all the time. And I almost said, well, why do you stop? Why did you stop watching it? But I know the can of worms are going to open with those kind of things. And sometimes it's better to not to open it with kids. <laughs> yeah. You know, and like, I mean, maybe she was watching it because she used to watch with her grandfather or maybe she used to watch with her dad. Maybe whatever, who knows, you know, I mean, everyone has their stories. I mean, I, I know a lot of people who were like, um, got into wrestling because like their grandmother used to watch wrestling because they were like, you know, when they were a kid, they're like, Oh, I remember when Bruno San Martino used to wrestle at the garden and they would watch wrestling with their grandparents or something like that. It was something that was just, they just did on an afternoon. And for whatever reason, um, you know, you got into it or didn't get into it. I mean, you know, my mom detests wrestling. She, <laughs> the only thing she hates more than wrestling is, is mixed martial arts. Good <laughs> Lord, does she hate mixed martial arts? <laughs> and she hates that Haley watches that stuff, right? So when we, when Haley goes, Grandma, WrestleMania is on today. You know, we're going to go home early, you know, kind of thing. Mom's like, oh, really? You're going to watch that wrestling, that yucky wrestling? She goes, yeah. And I'm going to take a bath early and then we're going to watch the wrestling. And then if, we, if I fall asleep, I can watch it the next day because it's on demand. Like, you know, she's <laughs> so excited for that stuff. And it's great. I love seeing that. I love seeing that in, in her. I know, I know your boys don't watch a ton of wrestling, Luke, at all. But the, the couple times they, they, you guys have been up and wrestling was on, they love yeah, it. No, they'll, they'll, they, no, they, they do like wrestling. They we just it. don't. They just don't no, watch I it know. that much. What I'm yeah. saying is we were over when like, last time you guys were up or something, it was like a Monday yeah. and the wrestling and the wrestling was on and Haley's like, wrestling's on, it's eight o'clock, and she just puts the channel on. She does does not care. Who <laughs> she goes, I don't give a fuck what you're watching. Yankee game. She goes, I don't care. Wrestling's on grandpa. I'm watching wrestling. And you you know, Luke's boys were like, Whoa, this is so cool. And I'm like, Okay, it is, because it's your exposure and it's wrestling, it's different. It's you know but there's something to be said too about uh, Luke and I watching these these wrestling cards and playing with our wrestlers, you know, like you know, the big rubber guys. Remember those? Yep. Yes. Right. Or the like the the you know the guys from the AWA, the you know the smaller guys and stuff. The Remco style Remco guys. Stuff. Yeah. That's all part of this memory. And and WrestleMania four, while we can look back and be critical of certain things and how people wrestled and whatever the booking might have been, I'm not gonna. I was like, oh, I don't like WrestleMania. I love WrestleMania four. I love all the WrestleManias. It really, I mean, I'm a Royal Rumble guy myself because, you know, that's what I do. Yes. Um, but it, especially since this, the Survivor Series guys on the other end of this line. Yeah, uh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I, now, it doesn't say. Now, Chris, do you have any strong feelings on SummerSlam? <laughs> uh, depends on which one you're talking about. I was going to say, because if we could find a SummerSlam guy, then we'd be in business here. Has anyone ever <laughs> said they're a SummerSlam guy? I wait all year for SummerSlam, yeah! yeah. <laughs> Or summer There's fest. probably there probably was a couple of guys that would bash at the beach guys though. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, yeah, yeah. Hey, Amen. <laughs> just, just like there were guys that were road wild guys. Yeah, yeah. Eric Bischoff and uh, Paige Falkenberg and yeah. you know Hulk Hogan. They yeah. loved that. <laughs> anyway, so um, basically what we're saying here, folks, is that you know obviously we look back, we were kind of a little critical um, of this of things that were on there, but it doesn't mean we love these cards any less. It doesn't mean this is not part of history. It doesn't mean that it's any less important. Um, you know, the, the visual of Liz up on Macho's shoulder holding the belt is, oh, you know, just yeah. classic. 
Um, you know, and and you know, again, when you look back, what not saying what bothers me, what sometimes gets me, um, you know, at, to, to the way uh, Pat Patterson say, I got choke on this because you know instead of choked up, is you're looking mm-hmm. back and you're seeing like you know how excited and how I mean just the pure adulation that these people are getting, and you realize well. You know, some of these people aren't with us anymore, you know, kind of thing. You're looking at a, yeah. a tournament and you're like, wow, that, that guy's dead. That guy's dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's just it's just like, OK, and you, and you look at like it's not that long. 30 years sounds like a long time, but it's not that long ago where these guys should all be passing away. Right. Um, and it's a shame to think back that some of these guys aren't with us anymore and stuff. But that's also the history of wrestling, you know, and wrestling has its black eyes and it has its shiny moments. You know, kind of thing, but I think that all together makes up what this is. So, yeah. yeah, and that and that's the great thing about having this now. Yeah, in that main event, majority of the people involved in that main event are dead. Yeah, you know, yeah. Randy Savage, Miss Elizabeth, Andre the Giant. But you know what? They they live forever right now. Sure. You know, Vince McMahon but, likes to make a and, big and, deal about the and, showcase and, of the immortals. Right. They're immortal forever, right? Yeah. Now. And, and and is Morella refereeing the match? I'm not sure who is refereeing if, that if, match. If Joey Morello is refereeing, he's dead too. He's dead too. He's yeah, died in a car accident. Um, and that's crazy to think about that. And who's calling it is Gorilla Monsoon. Yeah, you know, kind of thing. And I mean, it's just it's just one of those things that it, they, it lives in my mind as if it happened not too long ago. I mean, I know I just watched right. it, but I could remember <laughs> you. You say, "Well, what happened at WrestleMania four, uh, five? Oh, yeah, this is this 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 this. this. What <laughs> happened at WrestleMania thirty thirty one? I don't know." Uh. <laughs> I'm sure Roman Reigns won a match you shouldn't have been in, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> but, but you know what I'm saying? Because those old ones, they held such a place in our heart because it's part of growing up. It's part of our, you know, it was an event. There was not 16 pay-per-views that year. There was, what, one. Four. Yeah, yeah, right. Did did Survivor Series, SummerSlam exist? Survivor Series, there, there was, there was, there was three pay per views because Rumble was on basic cable. Yeah, what I'm saying is like it was, it was WrestleMania. WrestleMania is still special, but it was WrestleMania. So, anyway, I um, remember when uh, Bob and I, when we were in, when he got, you know, he got uh, his talked his parents into buying WrestleMania, I guess twelve. Oh God! Yeah, we were going over to his yes, house. Yes, and he, he and he called me at like midnight. Yes, on the night he's like, I'm so excited, and he yells, "That's WrestleMania tomorrow!" It's like I probably shouldn't have yelled. Everybody's asleep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's like, "The hell with it! I'm doing it again." <laughs> yeah. Oh man, is that the one where Yokozuna rips the top rope off? And I go, "He has that the, was he has... the that was SummerSlam. Oh, that was SummerSlam. He has the rope summer. ref. He's got the rope ref. Come on!" <laughs> we're dying laughing. We were we were laughing yeah. so hard with Peter ourselves. Anyway. Uh, but hey, I'm gonna put it out there to all you, uh, all you listeners. What what are your memories of WrestleMania four? Love it, hate it? Have you rewatched it on the network? What do you think about the the first ever tournament to crown uh, the the WWF Heavyweight Champion um, here 30 years ago? Looking back on it, why don't you send your thoughts to get back to the wrestling at yahoo.com, and we can talk about that on our next episode. And you know, go ahead. Go ahead. And if if you are gonna buy any uh, wrestling wrestling paraphernalia and or videos or you know anything for that matter for your house for your car even go you should go you should go to the two true freaks uh website and click on our amazon link and uh, anything you buy through amazon through our link we get a little bit of money back to keep the uh the lights running here and put a uh, you know new ring mats down so yeah. it's uh it's worth it wrestling fans will buy some merch now yeah <laughs> get on there <laughs> 
Buy yourself something nice. Yeah, you deserve it. You know, you do deserve it. <laughs> but uh, but as far as what we are going to cover next time, I'm going to have to go back to the to the stinger. I say it every time, and it's still true. The only thing that's for sure is that nothing's for sure. So, yeah, your mind blown. So come on back next time. I'm sure we'll have something in the world of professional wrestling to talk about. So uh, any last words, Hero? Uh, no, I think I'm good. <laughs> any, I, I stumped Chris Hero. I am I am doing great. Any, uh, any last words, uh, Jay? Yeah, well, so ladies and gentlemen, you know, um, like Luke said, if you, you know any any memories you might have, maybe you caught this. Maybe you're younger than us and you caught this later on, and maybe you're you know you were the right age to be there. Hey, if anyone was actually there, we would love to hear oh, about yeah. that too. If anyone was actually there, doesn't have to be that that. I mean, if you were at any WrestleMania, I'd like to hear about it. But if you were at WrestleMania four, like you like you were like you know I was eight years old, ten years old, I was there. Definitely write in. We'd love to hear about that. I'm sure that would be a very different. Kind of right in shit we'll get you on a call in yeah oh no yeah. right yeah well let us know and then we'll get you on yes <laughs> don't just like i'm calling you guys you know yeah. like, who the hell is this on skype calling us <laughs> <laughs> the black scorpion it's who it is it's, it's the, the black, black scorpion, scorpion. <laughs> oh god oh jeez got a guy on the line he says his name's big johnson <laughs> <laughs> no, as he comes on it's like this <laughs> is that ole anderson <laughs> No, it's not only in no. Is this the Shockmaster? No, it's not the Shockmaster. <laughs> Shout out to Tugboat. Yeah. Shout out to Typhoon. Oh God. Fred Ottman. Right, and uh, and my just just in closing, shout out to Gary from Spartanburg. Woo! One man gang. <laughs> oh, so folks, you know, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for all the downloads and supporting us. Uh, all the N1C Mafia, we love you. And until next time, we'll see you at the matches. All right, over the last couple of months, it has been very difficult for me to introduce this man without using World Wrestling Federation champion Hulk Hogan here at WrestleMania 4 this afternoon. You've got the opportunity to change that. Oh, yeah, it's been hard to live with, man. fee five fo fum andre One long year, and your time has come, man. No marks, no scars, no blemishes on the Hulkster, brother. But inside, man, I've been scarred for one long year. Everywhere I go, man... All the little holsters ask me, is there any truth to the fact that there was a controversial count? Holster, did you really get him over your head? Did you really beat the Giants? Well, today, man, in WrestleMania 4, we're going to wipe all that controversy out. Andre the Giant, in the second round, when you're fresh as a daisy, with the whole world watching, I'm going to prove, brother, that I can beat you anywhere, anytime. And all my Hulkamaniacs, they're going to feel it, too. Speaking of the Hulkamaniacs, Hulk Hogan, we have seen him here in Atlantic City, and I know millions others are watching very intently all around yeah, the world. but if you look in their eyes, man, you seen the fear in all those little hulksters. They realize that when I get Andre the Giant cinched up in the launch position, when I slam him through the Trump Plaza, brother, from New York down to Tampa, Florida, the fault line is going to break off. And as Andre the Giant falls into the ocean, as my next two opponents fall to the ocean floor and I pin them, so will Donald Trump and all the Hulkamaniacs. 
but as Donald Trump hangs onto the top of the Trump Plaza with his family under his other arm, as they sink to the bottom of the sea, thank God Donald Trump's a Hulkamaniac. He'll know enough to let go of his materialistic possessions, hang on to the wife and kids, dog paddle with his life all the way to safety. But Donald, if something happens, you run out of gas, and all those little Hulkamaniacs run out of gas, just hang on to the largest back in the world, and I'll dog paddle us, backstroke all of us to safety. Oh, and thank you, Hulk Hogan. Let's get back to action. No, don't you walk away from me, Daniel. Don't you walk away. I'm the one that loves the fans. I'm the one that loves everyone and everything. You're the one that gets up and walks away every single time. You're the coward.